0: Welcome to the Chick Foley Show.
1: What is up, Foley fam? Happy holidays. We are in that sweet spot that that wonderful five-day period right between Christmas and New Year's when not shit gets done. Everybody (laughs) kind of just agrees. I call it American Ramadan. We all kind of just agree like at work, like we're going to do the bare minimum to get by. Uh, You're kind of putting up the Christmas stuff, starting to set those last second goals for the new year. And uh, and yeah, it's just a good time. And we're bringing you one last episode of the Chick Foley Show for the year. Before we get into everything, we're going to be covering this episode. Let's introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm super stoked. Like you said, we're in that that period. I have been doing some goal setting, so that's been nice. It always feels good for me. I just feel like this is like that time where you can still slack off, but you're still like intentional with setting the goals and everything for the new year. Um, but I'm super excited. The Chickies are my favorite um, episode of the year that we do every year. So I'm pumped to get into it and recap the year that was
2: 2022. Marco, how's things going up north? going good. Uh we we escaped the uh the, the the blizzard there that uh that happened. We just got rain and cold How weather. How the hell
0: which, did you guys escape I, I, the blizzard, dude? You know Down what? here in Tennessee, you know, we got like negative 13 wind
2: chill. It's ridiculous. Yeah, me and uh me and the wife were talking about that. We were like it was just so weird seeing other parts of the country have like the storm that we're supposed to be having right now. It, it's it's a sign of the times. That's what I like to say. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> sign of the times.
2: But um, yeah. yeah, other than that, no, just uh just gearing up for the uh for the finish line closing out closing out the year heading into into 23 to see if that's uh that 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 gets us back on the pedestal yeah let's let's hopefully let's get let's get back on the track uh 22 is a little shaky but uh, i think i think we're heading into a new a new good year we'll see we'll see what happens
1: jordan what's up out in the midwest
3: yeah man things are good here um Last week we uh, we didn't get a blizzard, but it, the feels like temperature on Thursday and Friday was like negative forty five. So oh. it was it was a, a lot. <laughs> oh, it was a lot of fun. Forty five is cold by itself. Man. Yeah. yeah, less, less, less Negative forty five. Dude, like uh, they told everybody, if you're outside for more than like two minutes without gloves and a hat on, like you're getting potential you're frostbite. Yeah, immediately. you're gonna look like
0: the shining. Yeah, yeah dude, the it was it was brutal, shiny.
3: but yeah, Christmas was good. Um, Christmas is still going strong here. I mean, it's still the holiday season. We don't take down the Christmas tree until we feel like the holidays are over. So true. We're we're on yeah. the twelve well, days of Christmas right now. So don't don't <laughs> give into your wife's peer pressure making you pay, put the tree down. Say so you're celebrating the twelve <laughs> days of Christmas.
0: Yeah, I put up all the all the regular decorate like the decorations that were around the house, but the tree. I just love the glow of the tree, so it'll stay up for a few more days for sure.
3: Jordan, what was the big Christmas gift at you guys' house? Um, Zoe got a laptop for Christmas this year. And oh, then nice. um, I got Ari a Bartesian for Christmas this year. It's a it's like a Keurig but for uh, alcohol. So you just put a pot in and oh, makes your drink.
0: Oh, I have seen those. You can put like little uh, margarita pods and like pina colada nice. pods and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, dude, it's awesome. So
0: yeah, I, I so have, have you guys tried it
3: out yet? No, we haven't set it up yet, but I've I've tried them before, and th- they're really cool. Um, so, yeah, my goal for 2023 to, was to drink less, but I've already blown that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marco, how about you guys, man? What was the uh, the big gift for the uh, the younglings up there?
2: Oh, man, uh, the girls got their uh, uh, Gabby, that Gabby show on Netflix, Gabby's Dollhouse. So mm-hmm. we got them there. Oh, with, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Is the,
2: that
1: the big one that has, like, 130
2: items to it yeah it's like it's like a bunch of rooms that you can add to yeah, it and then it's like at walmart and little figures yeah. and all that um
0: gabby gabby's the lady with the the kitty cats right yeah
2: yeah she does the yeah um, okay yeah yeah
0: yeah our she, kids love gabby too yeah. yeah she
2: turns small and goes into the thing and then uh the, yep. then uh um my son i got him a the the uh what do you call it? it's like the rest the the bouncy ring from uh the WWE bouncy ring, it kind of like it has like a spring on it, and then the uh, the reckon, he wanted that wrecking truck, um, nice. the WD Reckon. and then a bunch of figures because I mean now he's like way into into wrestling. So got oh on, that's cool, that got he's on, into wrestling yeah, figures got now. On some, uh, got on some Finn Balor's because he's he's starting to get into the Demon Finn Balor. He watches uh the Extreme Rules match with him and Roman Reigns like on repeat over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I, I have our, a new phone. You know what? I have a newfound yeah. love for that match. It's actually go back and watch it. It's actually a really good match if you not get past the stupid, you know the you know him waking up and stuff. Go yeah. back and watch it. Yeah. It actually is good.
1: All I right. think that was one of the closest times Roman came to losing. Yeah, in this, whole, it was. this whole ring. That's definitely one like of the two or three times where you're really like, oh shit, this is about to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brett had a, a hardcore Finn Balor face for a little while. Um, so yeah, we totally get that.
1: Uh, Sheena, tell us what's new on the farm.
0: There's not a lot new. I I can't remember if the last time we talked to you guys, if we had um, talked about losing our rooster, we had a rooster named Stormy. Uh, he went down and, and, uh, so uh, we we got a new rooster named Norman, and uh, he's a little bit smaller, a satin,
1: silky. He's this guy's little, like a freaking show chicken. Yeah,
0: he looks like a show chicken. I think we may have talked about it, but um, you know the the farm's pretty much in hibernation right now. This this past weekend, uh, it was. I mean, obviously we got a little backyard farm, so it's not like we got to like ride the ATV out to the barn to, uh, you know, get water to the. The livestock, but yeah, keeping all their water from freezing, keeping their food from freezing, keeping the it's animals from freezing.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just first a lot. time most of these animals have seen snow.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we, we just prepping the barns, prepping the coops, and everything uh, for the for this winter chill that we experienced. But it's warming up now, and everybody fared well. Everybody did all right, and um, you know, kept
1: hopefully. laying eggs like crazy.
0: Kept laying eggs. Yeah, It's that fermented feed. I told I told Seth. You know, I've been uh, experimenting with fermenting my chicken feed. I'm, our, I'm the Walter White of uh, chicken feed. So over in here. our guest
1: bathroom. <laughs> downstairs in the bathtub right now there are currently three tubs full of fermenting chicken feed <laughs> okay um, three buckets right. full of fermenting yeah chicken three, feed in my bathtub. Buckets. yeah no so. yeah. come over here thinking think you're gonna get a nice warm shower in the downstairs bathroom
0: i mean i will move them i can move them if you got if you want to take a shower by all means but uh yeah i mean no but we don't really use that shower very much so it's a perfect place to to ferment chicken feed right now especially since it's so cold outside
1: it's one thing to look, you know, I know the real estate market's crazy right now, but when you're looking for your new house, those are the listeners that are planning on getting a new house in the next 12 to 18 months. Make sure, make sure, make sure you got a place to keep your fermented chicken feed. It's essential. It's essential.
0: You don't need, you don't need yeah. much space to keep chickens either. So don't underestimate you got a little small backyard. I can hit me up. I can, I can tell you how to fit some chickens back there.
1: <laughs> all right, Sheen, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You
0: can find me on Instagram at chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine at chick Foley show, all the links to all of our partners and friends and our pod foundation brethren are at Chickfoley.com. And and uh, make sure you're following at pod foundation to keep up with all the wrestling content for you. You need for the week.
1: Yes. Extra cooler show coming down the aisle and turn tavern. That is everything you need. Uh, we want to remind you guys, this show is brought to you by ringside collectibles. Use code chick Foley to save 10% on all your figure purchases. They got a lot of great stuff. The, uh, the Minoru Suzuki storm collectibles, exclusives came in. Um, you know, that figure's kind of bare bones. We got it in the mail today, but it's still really, really cool. Even though it's mm-hmm. plain, like I'm glad to have him added to the collection.
0: Yeah. I will say though, um, it was like what was it the New Japan figures that had the like all that plastic around them? Like if you're an Yeah, MO- it's all,
1: all all the storm collectibles. Yeah, They're a the Japanese sto- company and that's kind of just the thing for Japanese collectible action figures. Yeah. So. If
0: you are if you're an MOC collector though, that's the only problem I have with those figures is that if you're MOC, there's just, you know, a lot of display um problems with I don't that. know how
1: you do it. Yeah. Just yeah. it doesn't look good inside the boat. The packaging's really nice, but there's so much protective plastic inside the bubble that they just don't really display. Jordan, what have you done with your storm collectibles? Um, I'd have to have one for me to tell you that. I thought you had the Jushin Liger.
3: Oh yeah. That is still in the box. So yeah, that's the one I have. <laughs> there you go. How
1: do I know your collection <laughs> better than you know your collection? Yeah, Cause you dude. sent him that Jushin Liger. That's I know, I but know. still like that was like over a year ago
3: hey man i I can't remember everything that's what you're here for like apparently you're just the wizard of fucking action figures and jordan's (laughs) life like don't don't forget to remind me to take a shit tomorrow morning
0: (laughs) seth Seth never forgets so trust
1: (laughs) me i also want to remind you guys i I don't think they've done uh i don't think they put a lot of effort into promoting it but you can get your aew upper deck cards from ringside collectibles as well they got yeah. the blaster box eight packs available for i think 25 bucks yeah. so you know use code chick foley that's another 250 off of that um we got a box in and just just for shits and giggles we busted it out we yeah i did i did a little nothing. card break yeah sheena did her first card break today <laughs> we we're hoping that we'd maybe land like an mjf or cm punk autograph didn't happen i think the best card we got was like one of those canvas MJF got a jungle cards. boy
0: no it was a jungle boy uh canvas
1: card yeah uh, jordan have you messed with the aw upper deck line much
3: Yeah, so I got like six blasters of the first series that came out um, way earlier this year. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's really the only things I've gotten. Is
1: six blasters? Is that normally like your sweet spot?
3: Yeah, I was like six blasters. Uh, <laughs> I find anything less than that isn't enough, so I, I always go for six <laughs> blaster treatment.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, I know I literally know next to nothing about like cards and card trading and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the cards are really nice. Like they, are they, nice. they, yeah, they're really cool. I mean, if I was a card collector, like they, they look really nice.
1: Do you mess with the uh, the wrestling cards much, Marco? I, I've never heard you mention it.
2: Um, I do. I actually, um, actually have that first uh, set that they did for AEW, and um, they had those zero cards with like Adam Cole, uh, yep. Brian Danielson, CM Punk, um, and then they had that sheet that uncut um, sheet. Where you, like you can like break away a bunch of cards and stuff like that. Um, I do have some AEW upper deck ones, but I'm not like fully into you know collecting them at all.
1: All right, let's get into why we're all here. So this has been a Chick Foley show tradition going back uh, all the way to 2018 when the show started, the annual Chickie Award. So uh, I was kind of going back through the, the archive as I was putting together the format for this. One thing I will say, you know, I, I don't know if it's a critique or if a uh, you know, just a feature, I think we've changed up the format every single year. I think there was one year where we just we offered up the nominees and let the Foley fan vote yeah. on them. Um, there was one where I think you just put it out to the the mass Instagram mm-hmm. audience to vote. Uh, we And we also just kind of come up with them on our own and, and made the picks. Th- this year, we, we changed up the format a little bit once again. All four of us um, have made our selections. However, it was kind of – it was done blindly, so – Nobody knows when anybody else picked um, until we're going live right here on the air. So it should make for some some fun discussion. And then we open it up to the Foley fam and the Facebook group as well. So we'll kind of – we'll pepper in some of their responses as we go. Um, Sheena, what, what what do you like about doing the the chickies?
0: I just think it's cool. I think just reflecting on the, the- – year past Um, you just especially this year I feel like well so much has happened personally in our lives like I feel like it's been a whole lifetime since January 2022 and when I went back and I was just kind of like reflecting on the wrestling year it's freaking nuts like how much has happened in 2022 2022 was like the year of like Well, I didn't have that on my bingo card, you know, like it was like there were so many monumental things that happened and like so many people switching companies, people getting fired, people getting hired, people coming in and out. And yeah, it was it was a lot, dude. So um, it was a cool year. A lot happened. But um, it it feels like I was like, wow, I can't believe that just happened this year because some of the stuff back in early 2022 feels like a lifetime ago.
1: Yeah, it's been definitely one of the wildest years in wrestling history with a ton of stuff that. Like you said, no one in their wildest dreams uh, could have predicted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's get into it. Our first award of the night will be Breakout Wrestler of the Year. So I think Sheena kind of had the most interesting choice on this. So I'm going to offer it up to her first Mm -hmm. to explain why she thinks that Sheamus, of all people, a former multi-time WWF champion, a Grand Slam champion, why he was still the Breakout Wrestler of the Year in uh, 2022.
0: So I thought this was a little a little off the beaten path, but I'd like my knee jerk reaction was just like, yeah, Sheamus was definitely the breakout star of the year, even though he's like almost 45 years old. Like you said, a grand slam champion, he's won King of the ring, won money in the bank. Like he's pretty much done it all. Um, and, now, and now he's won the IC title. So he's pretty much, he has done it all in WWE, but he's just kind of, he started the year. Like I, I was alluding to earlier, how it kind of feels like it was a lifetime ago. He started the year with Ridge Holland and, you know, just in this tag team that we were just like what the hell is happening here they added Butch we joked and called him the peaky blinders you know they had a, a a feud with new day and then with Drew McIntyre and then it really started heating up when they started feuding with like the bloodline and stuff and then which took us into survivor series which was just an epic match um he put on a killer a uh, couple matches with with Gunther and Gunther, uh, Gunther. Gunther. and i just feel like Seamus has really showed us that he's always had it we just haven't always appreciated it. And he's really kind of refined um, what he does. And he's just kind of staying in his lane and doing his thing. And I think 2023 is going to be a big year for, um, for Seamus.
1: Yeah, he, uh, so I kind of always look at breakout rest of the year, somebody who like hasn't really leveled up. Cause I feel like Seamus leveled up, went back down a few, but this year, Really broke out, so it was a good pick. I, yeah, it was kind of interesting at first, but you know, it definitely makes sense because his stock is way higher than it was at this point mm-hmm. uh, last year. Uh, Jordan, you had the only female pick in this category. Uh, tell us why you think – somebody that I'm super high on, Jade Cargill, is the uh, breakout wrestler of 2022.
3: Yeah, I, just, I feel like they did um, – she did a lot to improve this year, whether – um that be in the ring on the mic um obviously we all love all the things she wears for attire and stuff like that to the ring i just uh, i mean i I think we've talked about numerous times she just looks like a star um they're Mm. building her the right way um they're literally building her from the ground up and i just feel like from where she started in january to where she's ending in december i just i i feel like this is a um a home run pick by me for for Jade being breakout star. I just I, I really feel like she's done a lot with what she's had given to her this year. So um, yeah, that's why I won't. Yeah, her. you
0: can't argue that pick at all.
3: Yeah, I feel that.
1: I my, I kind of one of my most anticipated moments of twenty twenty three is her actually getting a shot at the AEW like the World Women's Championship. I think that's going to be be really cool to see her kind of kind of level up after she's been dominating all year long. Uh, Marco, you had a, another guy who's kind of been up and down, but he's definitely on the the upward trajectory right now. Austin Theory.
2: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I had to go back at the beginning of the year, and you know, I had to kind of you know use the uh use the raw down as kind of like a uh <laughs> a, like a like a tool to like go back and like listen to everything. So like, if you think about the first like January to July, like on top of the world, like partnered with Vince McMahon on TV every day, you know. Like literally just like you can tell they're just pushing him to be the next star. July comes around. Obviously Vince McMahon steps down, uh, gets fired, whatever whatever terms you want to use. Uh, he's on TV, not as much. Um, loses title, gets fucking promo the F out by Roman Reigns right after Vince McMahon leaves. Um just like downtrodden cashes his money in the bank championship in and for the United States title, everyone like crapped on that. Um, so everyone thought he was pretty much dead and buried. Um, he lost a few times in between that on raw as well. Like it was not looking good for him. And then for some reason he comes out, um, and just like comes above it. Like he just gets above it and, you know, gets this new, like kind of heel persona that he has. Um, and just being who he should have been all along just to do that. Everybody hates um, and now he's feuding obviously with Bobby Lashley um with Seth Rollins which is a which, which is a huge get for him um just to just to see how that's going to go into the into the next year um, cuz obviously you know there hasn't been any pay-per-views after survivor series and this is still ongoing um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to see what what he can do. And He's definitely going to be one of those you know young um, guys that're they going to you know push to the forefront.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I know when when Vince retired uh, we thought that he was going to be one of the guys that was most negatively affected by it. And yeah. I think in the long run, he may end up getting the most positive impact out of it because he's looking like the real deal now. I, I never doubted it. I was sold at SummerSlam when we saw him in person. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? Will, will Austin Theory be a world champ at some point in the next two years?
3: Um, I'm going to say no um I, I i do agree with you guys i do feel like they're pushing him i i just cannot see the dude as world champ i i cannot get over it it's just something about him i don't like and i just i don't see him being the world champ yeah it's gonna happen i hate to bark i think it's gonna happen too. I, I'm, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm big i'm big on this guy man um I, I don't really need to go into a ton of detail on mine. I think I kind of went with the chalk pick. Like I, I think it's going to be a name that you see on a lot of these lists at the end of the year, and that's Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. Dude, Yeah, was mm-hmm. already super talented and just improved in every single facet of his game, and I think he's set to just be a, a main player in AEW over the next few years. Um, let me go to the uh, the Foley Fam group. I'll quickly run through some of the listeners' picks, see if anybody agreed with us or had some some interesting choices. So Tony Barker picked Jamie Hayter. hmm
0: It's a good pick. That's okay. good. I
1: don't know. I did I like Jamie Hayter. I feel like she's a mid card. I feel like she, she's, yeah, she's I feel like she's de- well, I mean she's the world champ right now. I feel like she's definitely like
0: I think that she's just, out of
1: her depth right now. I yeah. think
0: that has a lot to say about the women's division in AEW still. I think I, I think I think that's more of a their problem than a Jamie Hayter problem, yeah. you know.
1: I feel you. Uh, and like I said, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's yeah. the great thing about wrestling, but we are here to discuss them, so yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Nobody take it personal if we uh we disagree with one of your picks. Um, Sal Guerrero says Roxanne Perez. I know
2: Booker T would agree yeah. with that one.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah too. Uh, too. Too early to tell for me anyway. But I can. I can see. Yeah. Where he's going with that.
1: Robert De has got a good pick. This dude hasn't had a ton of in ring moments, but as far as star power goes, Solo Sokoa. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: He definitely adds a, a, a depth to the bloodline that they didn't have before.
1: Mm-hmm. Jordan, your buddy Brian Vermeer, agreed with you. Jade Cargill, uh, Matt Carlo said Sami Zayn, which, yeah, I mean, dude, you, you definitely, can't, you can't you,
0: argue Sammy Zayn. No, yeah,
1: definitely And then not. Uh, David Brooks said Gunther, which, yeah, yeah. I mean, kinda, he's that's right alongside
0: Seamus, dude.
1: Which is surprising yeah. when you consider how much we were all just dragging that, that name change when it happened. But I feel yeah. like now, like, dude, the old man still got it, man. Like somehow or another, dude. Freaking Walter's just faded away. I feel like I don't yeah. even remember it anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. I gotta like remind myself that. Uh, this dude I is still Walter, I you know. still
0: prefer Walter, but uh, I mean he's he's done so much to overcome the Gunther name. He's actually made it cool because he's still just a badass. So I mean, whatever whatever Walter Gunther does, like I'm here for it.
1: All right. Let's. Uh, anybody else got anything else to say about this category before we move on? Mm-mm. No. All right, let's move on to the uh, the Michael Cole. This is a moment of the year award. Uh, so we start off, we got two returns. All right. So Jordan picked Bray Wyatt's big return.
0: I told you. What did I say? <laughs> Sheena did predict said, that. I said Jordan's gonna uh, pick Marco Bray's picked return.
1: Cody's big return. It's the Chick Foley show, so we're gonna let Chick Foley decide it. Who had the better return moment? Bray Wyatt or Cody?
0: The better moment um, was definitely Bray Wyatt. It was just, I mean, it gave me literal chills when he pulled his like mask off and you saw Bray Wyatt's face for the first time on WWE television in like, I can't even remember how long. It, it was just like, it was goosebumps, dude. It was I so I think we cool. missed Bray more. Yeah. I, I definitely missed Bray more. Yeah, for sure. That I think that makes a huge difference because Cody just kind of like jumped, which was still cool. I mean, the Cody thing is, is monumental and huge in its own way. And we're going to talk about Cody a little bit later in the show too, but um, I, uh, I definitely think Bray t- took the cake on, on returns.
1: Yeah. It was perfectly executed. Jordan, what did you think of all the uh, like, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, special effects that went around his uh, his big moment there at the end of extreme rules.
3: I liked it. I, I, I did think that they made it special for him returning that ended up being basically, I mean, the main thing you're going to remember off that show. Um, just cause like you guys said, we had all missed him so much. And uh, yeah, it, it has, it's kind of fizzled a little bit, obviously now, well, not kind of, it has fizzled, but I, I still think that's just the bigger moment since, I mean, we all missed him so much and everything. I mean, it was cool seeing Cody back, but I, by the end of it, I think we all knew he was coming back, right? Yeah,
0: we knew. <clears throat> excuse me, we knew it was going to be Cody versus <laughs> Seth. Like, so, I don't think it was.
3: A, I felt like the, uh, that the
1: other it thing old. about that man the the White Rabbit build was so cool. I mm-hmm. think that really helped to just get that anticipation to like peak levels, you know? Yeah. Do you know he came back this week? He wrestled at the MSG show over the weekend. He wrestled Jinder Mahal, so he has had a match now last since night. he's been back. I was last
3: night. Yeah, they always do the M- MSG show the night after Christmas.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did. He squashed Jinder Mahal. So at least so he's he is back in in ring shape because I think that's probably a reason why it kind of fizzled a little bit. He just wasn't ready to do anything in ring. Um, Marco, we know you're the biggest Cody fan on this uh, this show. Possibly the only. I don't know. Are you are you a card carrying Cody fan, uh, Jordan? No. Yeah. So Marco you're the Damn. you're representing Cody Nation <laughs> for us, man. Tell us just. What were the emotions kind of, you know, running through your heart, running through your veins, whatever, <laughs> even though we all knew it was coming when the lights went out and uh, Cody's music hit it was at a, WrestleMania against Seth?
2: It was more or less ad- adrenaline in your soul if you didn't have that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what anyone's uh, I mean, I mean, you, we can, you know, we could bash Cody all we want, but go back, watch that entrance and tell me there's not a uh it's not there's no crickets i'll tell you that much no when, was, uh, when his cool. music hits and he rises definitely up from, that, from yeah. that thing yeah everyone went nuts like that was like that moment was crazy i know everyone you know he kind of looked flustered a little bit um and he said himself he was kind of like taking aback. but to have a debut like that at 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 wrestlemania of all of all shows um and have that reaction and have that opponent as well um you you couldn't ask for a, for me that you couldn't ask for a better debut because I mean besides Bray Wyatt a lot of the debuts um, of anyone returning has been very lackluster and if you listen to the Rod Down we we literally shit on every single return <laughs> that has happened so far this year they haven't been really that good it's pretty much just been Bray and Cody had 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 like the the top tier uh, return so far so. But yeah.
1: Yeah, they've been pretty weak. Even, even Karrion Cross, he just kind of yeah. made a random run in and he had hair. So it wasn't even really yep. like <laughs> immediately like identifiable yeah. I, uh, who it was.
2: I even have to say this we even, uh, we even lost a viewer uh, to, to, to raw down a very faithful viewer of, of all things Pod Foundation. Can you guess who? TNT. TNT. Yeah. <laughs> He's, still, what? yeah, he doesn't want to listen to us anymore because we were making fun of all the, uh, all the returns at those the the (laughs) failed return so we kind of
0: if if you've lost tnt you've lost the people dude i mean i
2: mean we're being honest we're not gonna we're not sugarcoating i mean we're gonna tell you how like it is if you don't you don't like it then i mean i guess you can listen Uh to something else i mean sheena's pick
1: (laughs) it it was it wasn't my choice for moment of the year but it was definitely my favorite moment of the year The end of Survivor Series, Jay Uso Mm, and Sami Zayn finally hug and Sami's accepted as part of the bloodline.
0: Dude, I popped so hard. I just was like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The moment, the build up to the moment where Sami keeps Roman from getting pinned and then he gets Kevin Owens down, gets Jay the pin. um, And then it's just this like kind of like semi tense moment after war games and then Jey Uso just goes in for the bro hug, dude. And it was just, it was glorious in every way possible. And it was just excellent storytelling. It was everything that you want out of a long-term story. And Sammy had just been, I don't know. I just I thought like Sammy had given new life to the bloodline and finally for him to just be like, you know, an honorary certified Uso in there, in the bloodline, like no questions. Like it was just, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah, it was quite the moment. Um, you know, I hate to plug a non pod foundation podcast, but go back and listen to, uh, cheap heat. A few weeks back, Sammy Zayn was on there for an interview and he talked about like how real that moment got. Cause you know, Sammy used to do six man tags with the Usos back in the OG NXT days in like 2013, yep, 2014. So these guys really are tight in real life. Mm-hmm. And you know, they were also happy with how the match went down and how everything came off the of survivor series Jay was supposed to hesitate for a couple more beats. It was supposed to be about a four or five second long stare down there. Um, But they were kind of just like so overcome with the emotion that it ended up being, you know, Jay ended up kind of rushing into it. Um, And Sammy just talked about just like kind of just that was like the moments you live for as a wrestler, like getting that kind of response from the crowd because... It was just I electric. got go, you
0: just talking about it. I just got like goosebumps, dude. I <laughs> just remember the crowd just going nuts and like that moment just that embrace. Like it was, it was freaking awesome, dude.
1: Yeah, uh, Jordan, where are you at with the bloodline, man? Do you think they need to keep the scene going past WrestleMania, or do we start seeing the uh, there's this Sami Zayn Kevin Owens thing end up? end up breaking it up a little bit before uh, before we get to WrestleMania season.
3: I mean, I, I definitely think we need uh, some more storylines coming out of the bloodline. So, some cracks in the bloodline before WrestleMania would help. I don't think they break up before WrestleMania, but <clears throat> I think we start to see the cracks. I just, I feel like since the bloodline is the biggest thing, like eventually you're going to have to do something um, with the rest of them to kind of start breaking it up. And like you've said numerous times, you think the best ending would be, um, Roman losing to Jay. So, I mean, I, I, I do think it starts to happen. I just don't think they do a full on split before WrestleMania though. Yeah. That's it.
0: So solo wasn't with them at mania this year. Right?
3: Solo joined up the
1: clash at the castle. Okay, yeah, It was right. just Roman and the Usos for the longest. And then solo yeah. Sammy, you started to kind of flirting a little bit before clash at the castle. And then um, you know solo joined and then it was kind of a couple months after that that Sammy really kind of got fully integrated yeah, into the Yeah, so just line. just
0: imagine like cuz like like Jordan said I don't think they're going to to break it up before WrestleMania because just the the image of all of them plus Paul Heyman at WrestleMania like at the ramp who fighting whoever Roman's fighting at WrestleMania like that's just going to be epic dude yeah, like
1: Yeah.
0: It's just going to be the perfect payoff for the run that the Bloodline have
2: had. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of rumors floating around right now about Roman in the in his title situation. I'm not sure if you guys read any of that stuff, but it seems like they're going to take one of the titles off of him before Mania. Um, I saw that. Yeah, that not, they're looking to find a way. Yeah, to, uh, seems like it's going to gonna be the a, titles. Yeah, like a triple threat match um, where he doesn't obviously he doesn't get pinned. The uh, someone else gets pinned, so he he still yeah, keeps that at, like sense. not being pinned for a while thing. Um, I think they're going to start. I, I don't think they're going to break it up. I think they're going to start. Put, like, like, uh, Jordan said, put some cracks into it and, you know, start having that dissension between, uh, yeah, I Sammy can see, Zane. I can see
0: Roman versus Jay at SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know? I think, I don't think Jay's going to beat Roman for the belt. I think Roman's going to lose the belt to somebody else. And then as the bloodline storyline carries on, it ends with Jay. Yeah. I think. Roman. I just feel like that's, that's got to be where it goes.
2: Yeah. I think another thing people have to watch out for is, uh, is Solo. Um, Because he never raises his hand at all when they're doing the ones, if anyone ever notices that. Always keeps his arms crossed. Doesn't really, like, is kind of disengaged with everyone else. Kind of steps, like, even when they're staying in the ring together, he's kind of spaced between the rest of the group. Um, So I I, I encourage everyone to keep their eye on Solo and what his intentions are going into Mania. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say.
1: So my moment, I actually went with a a shoot moment. Well, maybe it was a shoot. Maybe it wasn't. I'm going with the Chicago scrum job with CM Punk just (laughs) setting fire. As much as I hate to give any kind of shine to CM Punk, CM Punk just setting fire to, uh, you know, AEW as we know it, right after winning the championship against Mox at at All Out. I think this thing just, it wasn't my favorite moment by far. I thought it was just, I I thought it just showed CM Punk for who he really is. Mm -hmm. CM Schmuck. I should say, and I just think the ramifications for that. Assuming this is a shoot, right? Which I'm not. The more time goes by, I'm not convinced we're not going to see CM Punk come back in the main event of Double or Nothing next year. CM Punk and FTR against the Elite for the six man tag belts. Um, but I just
0: <laughs> I just
1: think the all the attention, every all the just shit it kicked up in AEW and just the way that it affected everything. To me, that was that was the moment of the year.
0: Yeah. I was trying, I was trying to keep mine lighthearted and positive, but yeah, if we want to go down the, you know, one of the shitty things that happened in 2022. Yeah. That was definitely it. Just being just, absolute shit show for AEW.
2: I can't believe nobody picked Vince McMahon retiring. For I was the just about to say the, that. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised
1: nobody
0: picked That's Vince. That's crazy. But I, yeah, feel like, I feel like nobody wants to talk about it. It's just and like. And the other uh, thing
1: is like things just, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was really a dramatic change. There was a bunch of like small differences that added up to a lot, mm. but stuff just kept on humming, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think in some ways, I you know, give credit where it's due. Like Vince is the reason why we're sitting here doing this podcast right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as far as modern WWE goes, like they did not skip a beat when, when Vince stepped away. All right. Any, uh, let's go to the, the Foley fam's picks for moment of the year. So Tony Barker came in with, uh, Steve Austin returns, to wrestle yeah, Kevin. Owens. That was big. That was one I thought of. And yeah. like, to be yeah. real specific, like that moment when KO challenged, uh, challenged Steve Austin to the yep. match. Uh, Steve Austin has been posting some workout videos online. What do you think? Jordan is, is stone cold coming back for another match this year?
3: think he got the itch back um i i don't think he's doing any like crazy schedule or anything but i could definitely see him coming back and wrestling at mania again maybe do yeah. one more show maybe do like SummerSlam or something but definitely seems like he's got the itch back because he's going pretty hard on the workouts i noticed
1: yeah he uh and you know like i said i i, I know for a while there they had usos against um, Sammy Zayn and KO penciled in for Mania, but it seems like they may want to just keep the bloodline thing going. If they do, you could totally do like Sammy and Solo Sokoa against like KO and Steve Austin. Like that'd be pretty cool to bring it bring it full circle from last year, having Kevin Owens and Steve Austin uh, team up in a match and a tag team match would definitely kind of kind of benefit Stone Cold for you know where he's at in his career right now. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, Sal Garica he had Cody returning, so same as Marco. Uh Roberginio had another one that was on my short list. Brock lifting the ring at SummerSlam. That was yeah. mage. Yeah. Brian Vermeer had uh, Cody Return. So that's the third person saying that. So it looks like that's kind of the unanimous selection for, or not unanimous, but the uh, the majority selection for the Foley fam. And he had a tie from that moment on the podcast when it was revealed that Jordan, uh, despite you know all the talk about him being my best friend, is actually just the glorified Phelps chore boy. <laughs> <laughs> Pooh boy. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> jordan you have any response to that <laughs>
2: yep. cabana boy keep it moving
1: <laughs> <laughs> and matt carlos with the instrument he says his moment of the year was new day showing up on nxt that
0: was pretty cool okay. i mean you know it was a moment
1: he had he had that tied with uh with the time when jay uso said i don't give a damn what the tribal chief say
0: yeah that, that was, was that cool. was a moment too.
1: Mm, yeah. And then David Brooks picked uh, Cody's Return. So it looks like Cody's Return was the uh, was the pick. A lot of Cody love despite our best efforts here on the show. <laughs> All right, let's move into our first major category of the night. <laughs> match of the year. And we also have our first, uh, our, our first one where we have two of the hosts picking the same one. Uh, Sheena, tell us why you and Marco both think that Sheamus versus Gunther at Clash of the Castle was match of the year.
0: I mean, it was just two absolute monsters going head to head in a hard hitting, like old school British match with like no shortage of chops and stiff kicks. And just, I mean, it was unreal. I mean, the, the brutality in that match. And, um, I mean the, the crowd, the Cardiff crowd was just, they, they brought it up like five levels, just being so into that match Mm. and, uh, Seamus getting his flowers at the end. I thought was really cool, uh, I mean, there's not much to say about that match. It was the best match on the card, for sure. definitely. Um, And, I mean, definitely contender for match of the year, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, It was a
1: great match. Yeah. yeah. Definitely hard-hitting, and I like that Sheamus kind of called a shot. He'd been on Corey Gray's podcast earlier that week talking about how he was going to go out and put a banger on. Yeah, and it was just
0: different. I think it was just a different pace than what we're used to seeing in WWE, and it was just a different style of match. So, I think it just... I don't know. It just stood out to me versus like, you know, just a, a normal like Usos match or Seth Rollins style match. Like I just thought it was, it was unique and freaking awesome.
2: Yeah. It had that, gr- it had that grit to it. And yeah, we can't, we can't forget that Dave Meltzer gave it a five-star rating as well.
0: So it's yeah, in the, it's in the books it.
2: as a five-star match. Um, and it, it definitely, it, it definitely gave you that like, you know, if you, obviously we watch, we all watch AEW. Um, it gave you that type of like, you know, professional wrestling match. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't sports entertainment. They were literally kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah, um, and the
0: stare down before that match when it was like, you know, they were just staring like daggers through each other. And you got Imperium and the the brawling brutes just yep. like, you know, scrumming all around the ring. But that like th- cool. those two never stopped locking eyes, dude. Like it was just I mean, it was awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, Jordan, you had what was like just razor thin away from being my pick, man. We almost had the same selection. Hell in a cell Torn yeah. Peck Cody yep. versus
2: Seth. This was
3: freaking on my
2: Rollins. list too. Yeah, me
3: too. It this one was I mean, I, I had a few on my list, but this one just stands out so much. I mean, from the start of the match to the finish, like start of the match, Cody takes his jacket off and just seeing his just bruised up torn peck. Like it just I'll never forget seeing that the first time. Um and then him just them putting on an absolute banger of a match. I mean, honestly, if they would have like covered that with makeup and I never would have known that he had a torn pec. I mean, yeah, he was favoring it during the match, but I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I would have just thought uh, maybe he just got an injury during the match, but dude, they, that match to me. was just, it was perfect. I love the way they did it. Um, yeah, I, and major balls for Cody for going out there and still putting on that type of match. I mean, we give Cody shit all the time on this show, but there is no denying how incredible that was that he put on that performance. How dedicated
0: he is, or maybe how insane he is. I mean, the guy literally like set himself on fire in AEW, you know? So, I mean, we know, we know he's crazy, but yeah, I had an audible gasp whenever he pulled off that coat and it was just nothing but bruises and, you know, just mangled mess of a pack.
1: swollen. He yeah. said the fact that he ended up fully tearing. Because, you know, he partially tore it on mm-hmm. Raw. And then he was working out later that week trying to do some rehab and fully tore it. And he had said that the fact that he fully tore it, it
0: was actually actually beneficial. helped
1: the match. Because yeah. if he would have partially tore it, he would have been trying to, like, you know, not half-ass it, but play it safe to not fully injure it. But the fact that it was fully torn, like, he couldn't get hurt any worse. So, yeah. might as well yeah. go out there and go hard. I don't know what they... You know, injected, injected him the, with. Oh, he part had to have
0: some match. serious pain
1: meds, dude. <clears throat> I'm hoping we get a figure of it, man. We know we know WWE doesn't do blood and guts figures, but maybe they could do like some bruising. They gave us Hogan with the black eye and Ultimate Edition, so maybe get yeah. Cody with the bruise Peck. I, I remember the jokes coming out because you know Cody was famous for always leaning heavily on the blade. In, uh, in AEW, so you know they told me couldn't bleed in WWE. so he said Screw it, I'm, which gonna go bruise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna bruise
2: oh, the road, yeah. roads will bruise that's what that's about <laughs> i loved
1: i you know i love seth coming out in the dusty roads gear you yeah. know yeah. it, it taunted it taunted cody but you know seth has some dusty roads ties too coming yeah. up in the early days yep. of nxt you know dusty Rhodes is the one that presented him with that nxt mm-hmm. championship so i know that was probably special for him getting to even though he was being a heel, he was still paying tribute to the American dream. Yeah, so, really yeah and cool I always moment. thought that was
0: a cool storyline aspect too. Like he could just be like, you know, like your dad liked me more than he liked you. Yeah, while you yeah. were you know I mean? off like,
1: being Stardust and yeah. being in the, in the low <laughs> card on the main roster, he was presenting me championships in NXT. Right. Um, my pick was one that we were in the house for Roman and Brock at SummerSlam. Now, this wasn't necessarily a technical masterpiece, but I thought just the It was the culmination of what I think is like really the rivalry that's gonna define this era of wrestling between Roman and Brock. Huge spectacle in the packed arena. And the other thing I give points for is most of the time last man standing matches suck, right? Like the 10 count takes a lot of the suspense out of it. It's hard to do one of those well, but I thought these guys nailed it. It was larger than life. I thought that match was like everything that's great about sports entertainment.
0: Yeah, I can't I agree. I mean the fact that we were in the house made it even better. Being able to acknowledge the tribal chief, you know, in person is never a bad feeling. Like we've done it twice now, and uh, it's been pretty awesome. And we've seen Roman more than that, but he's he's you know it's insane. we've
1: seen him twice on this run.
0: Yes, twice since he's become the tribal chief, and it's epic.
1: Uh, Jordan, what was your perspective being in, in the building when uh, when Brock tipped the ring up?
3: Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely something that we'll probably never see again. And I'm glad we were there to see it because even when he was driving down the the ring ramp me and you were just like what the fuck is he gonna do and then (laughs) i mean he at first he just left the tractor out there and we were like i mean that's cool visual that it's out there and then he picks up the ring and i just remember looking at you and i was like what the fuck dude like yeah i remember
0: you looking at me being like are you h-a-r-d hard well no i was (laughs) looking at you his his tractor
3: i I was making sure that you were a-w-a-k-e awake More than anything,
1: but we went hard, dude. Because remember, we were at GCW the night before till it was almost three in the morning before we got home. Got to early start going to Starcast, and we started drinking hard at like eleven thirty, dude. Like pounding beers. This is in the midsummer heat in Nashville. Like yeah, I remember I, I was so drunk I had to like like kind of like give myself a little slap to make sure I was really seeing what I thought I was seeing. <laughs> it wasn't just like you know passed out having a dream about Brock tipping the ring <laughs> up. Man.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, there was a couple times during SummerSlam that I uh, I, I dozed off, but I, I was I was fully awake and fully engaged for uh, for Rock versus Bro- Rock versus Roman. Oh yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. High <laughs> noon's kicking in. Yeah. All right, so some of the other picks: Tony Barker. Of course, Jordan's BFF in Nebraska picked Cody versus Seth Hell in the Cell. Probably watched that match together. Uh, Sal picked Roman and Drew at Clash at the Castle. That was a fun match. That's yeah. why I, I to me it's a toss up between that one and Sheamus and Gunther for best. I think Sheamus and Gunther was the best wrestling match. I think Roman and Drew was the best like professional wrestling match mm-hmm. from from that show. Uh, Robert Reginio picked Cody and Seth. Brian Vermeer picked uh, picked Finn versus Edge in their big I Quit match from Extreme Rules. That one was pretty cool.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm
0: trying to recall. I don't know. I mean, yeah. You don't know, remember?
1: Cool. That was, it was like 30 minutes long. Beth ended up getting in the ring oh, and attacked yeah. Barry Ripley. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, like yeah. just an epic, oh, epic yeah. storytelling yes, match. Yes, yes.
0: Okay. I got you, Brian. I got you.
1: Matt Carlos picked, you know, the, I think he, him and Joey Harrison are the only two actual professional wrestlers in the group. Uh, he, so I, I, I really value his opinion on this. He says Cody and Seth from Hell in the Cell and David Brooks does. So it looks like Jordan won this one, man, with the... Uh, with that pick.
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong with that pick.
1: All right. You know what's funny? No AEW matches on this. When AEW is supposed to be like the work mm-hmm. rate company. Like what do yep. you guys think about they that? They
0: had a they had a struggle year this year. I think AEW as a whole just kind of had a, a, a down year. The
1: other thing I think AEW suffers from is like like uh, like the Doritos effect, right? Like all pretty much all Doritos, the flavor's really, really good, yeah. but it makes it to where like there's no one that like stands out. I feel like AEW yeah. like in WWE when they really put on like just a gem of a match it stands out so much. Um mm-hmm. I mean Jordan you're like Mr. Workrate on here dude. What what do you think? Why was there no AEW matches that got any big consideration this year?
3: I I, I agree with you. I think they all just kind of run together sometimes and it hurts them more than it helps them. I mean, they do put on a ton of classic matches, but yeah, the problem is they just, they all run together. Like every month, it feels like we're seeing a really good AEW match. But by the next month, you've, you've already forgot it.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. like think about like, you know, the death triangle and elite. I'm loving their best of seven series. But think if they told those guys like you guys are just gonna go out once and have a match on pay-per-view. I guarantee Mm -hmm. you they could put on the best wrestling match on the globe if you guys told if if they told them that, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. But like you said, when you're when you're getting served up that every week, it's just kinda it, it loses its luster a
1: little bit. So let's go quick speed round since we didn't talk about any of them. Everybody just give their AEW match of the year. So I would say CM Punk and MJF, the dog collar match. That was this year, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Was it this year? Yes. That yes. Was it, wasn't
1: that at Revolution?
3: I think Same. so, yes. Um, dang, I don't even
2: I don't remember.
1: <laughs> hey, AEW scoring big points right now. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what's yours?
3: So I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with um, From Forbidden Door, Rapongi Vice, and Orange Cassidy versus uh, the. What the fuck is their name? I can't think of their name right now. Uh, United Empire. (laughs) United Empire. I was going to say United Kingdom. I was like, that's not right. United Empire. Dude, seeing Osprey in person is just like, I don't know, man. It it was like nothing I've ever experienced. Like, Osprey
0: Orange Cassidy, is that what you said? Orange Cassidy. Yeah, it was Rapongi
3: Vice and Orange Cassidy versus United Empire. That match was fucking awesome. I I loved all of it. So I'll go with that. Mm. Okay. Sheena? Uh,
0: Since this one is memorable to me, like you said, all the rest of them kind of run together. I think the Anarchy in the Arena uh, match from Double or Nothing Eddie Kingston
1: coming out with the. Just looking like an absolute
0: zombie. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I still (laughs) think,
1: dude. I still, because A.W. is so batshit crazy, I don't know why they didn't do this, dude. I think the perfect ending is while Daniel Bryan was arguing with Eddie Kingston not to throw that gasoline, Chris Jericho throws the fireball at him, dude. Just <laughs> yeah. Just a, set a little quick little fire on both of them, dude, and put it yeah. out, man. I thought that would have been fucking epic.
0: But yeah, that was a super fun, super cool match. It was just like, I cannot believe what the hell I'm seeing right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with the anarchy in the
1: arena. Uh, Marco, what's your A.W. match of the year?
2: Dang, um, this one's cutting it close. I think this happened at the way at the wee beginnings of the year. It was a uh, Hangman, Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. Two, yeah, that match um, was awesome. That was a good on, one on, on on TBS. This was it after
1: was, the sixty minute draw. Yeah, right? it was actually yeah. the kickoff mm-hmm. of the
2: TBS. Uh, I think when they started on TBS, but yeah, it went to a yeah. draw, and that match was ridiculous. It was insane.
1: All right, this next category will be brought to you by the Extra Cooler Show
2: hey everyone it's nick better known as extra cooler is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past yes there is it's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes
0: and enjoying some ice cold beverages if that sounds like fun to you then be sure to check out my new podcast the extra cooler show where each episode my survivor series team and i review an old
1: school match chosen by you the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. All right, it is time for the Extra Cooler Event of the Year Award. Uh, Jordan, you can go first.
3: Uh, just to correct myself because I'm an absolute moron, it was just Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay it. Yeah, ben that's Door. what I, they, they all yeah, kind of just blended like together. Yeah. Sorry, they did. been a long year.
0: I knew, I knew what you were talking yeah. about. That's why I chimed in. I was like, "Wasn't it just Orange Casty? But yeah, that was a killer match. Sure was.
1: Yep, yeah, I'm an idiot. She was so nice. She knew you were wrong, but she still didn't say anything. No, she, she did say something. <laughs> I heard her say,
3: it. and I was like, "Man, am I misremembering that?" Yep, sure am. It's been a long yeah. time. Uh I went with Forbidden Door as my event of the year. I just. I I mean, it it was just so cool seeing two wrestling companies come together. Um, It was an extremely fun show to be at.
1: And that's like right in your niche. Like I said, you love the work rate. Like that's, I remember Mm -hmm. when that was announced, how excited you were. Like that's like, that's something you would dream up, man. You know, what I mean, like, yeah. So I, I, I know you love. So it, did it live up to your expectations?
3: Oh yeah. The only thing that I kind of was disappointed with is, uh, we obviously didn't get Kenny wrestling on that, and we didn't get CM Punk wrestling on that at the time. That was disappointing. Now I'm like, mm-hmm. well, whatever. CM Punk can do whatever he wants. But um, yeah, dude, it was a uh, it was incredible. Like you said, I am I am Mr. Work Rate. Right? That's what that's what I want to see. I don't really care about all the fucking build up. I just want to see some banger matches. So, yeah, that was right up my alley. All right, I picked SummerSlam.
1: I know I was definitely biased from um from being in the in the arena for that one, but I just felt like the vibes were so positive around WWE at that time. That was shortly after Vince stepped aside and people were just loving the Triple H uh regime. You know, it started the night kicked off with the returns for for Io Shirai and and Dakota Kai and they just kept it going all night long, continue with my match of the year. So that was my pick. I, I thought about it, but I just didn't really think it was a good enough event to, um, to really win this award. But I gave a lot of thought to the people versus GCW because that was just fucking bananas seeing that GCW show in the front row.
0: Yeah, that was cool, dude. I mean, besides the guy getting, you know, his, his arms arm sliced. sliced it. Open. That could have been yeah.
1: us dude. if we were one seat over. That would have been. Oh, I had, me I had, Jordan. yeah,
0: I had glass dust, light tube dust all over me. I'm
1: know? still mad I didn't grab the end of that light tube, man. I feel like I should have took that for a souvenir. <laughs> uh, Marco and Sheena had the same pick on this one with Survivor Series. Sheena, tell us why you loved the return of War Games on the main roster.
0: I just thought it was awesome, man. And having the having the bloodline in a war games match, the women's war games match was good too. But um, again, the the men's uh, war games match did have my moment of the year as well. Then we had that awesome Austin Theory versus uh, Bobby Lashley match. Um, I just thought it was. I just thought all the matches on that card were great, except for maybe like uh, you know, Ronda and Shotzi, which I think that one got a lot of just unnecessary negative hate because everything else was so good, you if know? If you
1: manage your expectations, I thought it was about what it was. Shotzi's yeah. always sloppy. I feel like she's sloppy yeah. in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah. I, it, her style definitely kind of clashed with Rhonda, though.
0: But yeah, I thought the War Games was epic. Um, I, I thought Survivor Series was great. And it was a short pay-per-view. Like, it wasn't, like, super, super long and drawn out. I thought it just kind of got in, got out, did what it needed to do, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: So, Marco, this was your favorite event of the year. I want to pose a question to you, man, because it's something I've been giving a lot of thought to um, over the last – since we saw it on the main roster. Do you think they need to bring back the roof uh, on the cage for war games, or or do you prefer the open-top war
2: games? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think – I mean, it'd be cool if they brought back the roof, but – I mean I think as far as like the for the visuals for the TV presentation it's a lot better with those overhead cameras and stuff cuz obviously we were we, I was there in attendance and then going back and watching it um it looked a lot cooler when you like you see that overhead shot of there's just like bodies laying everywhere in both rings and stuff like that um I think it it looks it looks cool as far as like you know having the the roof on it but I think the open roof is better
0: um,
1: I yeah, feel like it I helps differentiate it from Hell in the Cell. Also, yeah. Yeah. what about you? I, I'm, I'm kind of
0: And elimination chamber.
1: I think I lean. Yeah, I think I lean towards open roof because it opens the door for more spots. What about yeah. you, Jordan? Are you a roof guy or no roof guy on your war games?
3: I don't need a roof. The the roof is unnecessary <laughs> for this match. Like, uh, leave the roof open. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, matter. I think the
1: bigger
0: question here is like, do you say roof or do you say rough? <laughs> uh,
3: I think I I say just, roof. I say roof yeah Roof. no you didn't you just said rough you Roof. said rough Roof. Roof. Yeah,
1: Roof.
0: you said rough like three <clears throat> times in a row I, was like, I, I don't think I've ever heard Jordan say that
1: one thing I would change man just to add some suspense to it I think they should combine war games with survivor series and make it an elimination match
2: yeah that's a lot like, of why not saying that. you know what I mean yeah,
1: it is a long. Like it's already it's already coming to Survivor Series. Let's let's get the best of both worlds, dude. Survivor yeah. Series and War Games. Make it an elimination match. Yeah, yeah. It's an, and it's then a, you can do cool stuff with people getting down, like you know, three
2: to one. Yeah, stuff, coming yeah, back yeah, or yeah,
0: I'm here for that. Yeah, I like that idea. That
2: would work. Yeah, and I think it is a long match. Like both those matches are obviously extremely long because of the the rules mm-hmm. of the um, War Games. But yeah.
1: Yeah, and you, like, so you got like twenty minutes where you know, like the match is not ending. You know, like yeah, yeah exactly. just nothing it's,
0: Do you guys like the staggered starts for war games and stuff, I, or do you just think? Just I mean, that's a, war games. I, I like mean,
1: it. Yeah, I think I think they could shorten it up. Like, yeah, maybe they definitely it, need to make yeah, it shorten, shorten it up a little bit. Um, and I'd even be cool if they did away with like the handicap thing. Like, just do like each team gets another person entering at the same time. Man. I kind I of like yeah. the kind of handicap
2: thing. thing. I like I like the. Uh, I like the fact that someone gets like you know gets the upper hand, um, in in the match. Yeah,
0: but then you could you could have situations where like you know two guys come out of the cage at the same time and they're like brawling on the outside. You uh, know, yeah, and if some- you brought
1: if you brought back the elimination rules, then you could still get the thing one sometimes. True. You
2: know? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. And again, like with Sheena, I didn't I didn't pick it because it was like the best you know show of the year. I picked it more of a sentimental thing because it was you know Favorite. my first show of the year. I I haven't been. It's like a live event and like uh, obviously since like the pandemic and stuff. And then obviously is my, you know, my son's first ever that's awesome. WWE cool. show and he was able to, you know, see his favorite uh, Roman Reigns, acknowledge his tribal chief and, you know, just being amongst, you just forgot like how great it is just to be amongst like, for me anyway, being amongst marks. other wrestling fans and, you yeah, know, like that's that. That's
0: how we felt this, at SummerSlam. No negativity, just
2: like just fun. Like he's walking around with his two belts and everyone's just like, Oh, look at him. Look at the little tribal <laughs> chief. And all so I was like, you just, you just forget like the camaraderie that happens with like, you know, when you see a lot of toxicity on, you know, with, with wrestling fans and stuff like wrestling that. Wrestling
0: on, fans on online. On the yeah. me, On
2: the social media, as they call it. But, uh, when you yeah. see it in whenever person, we're
0: all, whenever we're all together in person, it's, yeah, it's, it's all that stuff goes it's away. All love.
2: yeah. it's, everyone loves each other and you know, it's, it, it's good times. But yeah, war games. I mean, like I said, I mean, the war game show was great. Um, both matches were awesome. The the women's match was, I, I, I the only thing I didn't like about it was the 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 reception that oh the lack of rece- uh, reception that Nikki Cross got when she came out. I'm not yeah, sure how it came flat. across on TV, but it was like yeah, it was a pin drop uh, in mm-hmm. that arena. So other than that, it was it was great. All right,
1: let's get to the Foley fan picks. Tony Barker also picked Forbidden Door, just like Jordan.
3: Wow, shocking! Nice. <laughs> I mean, we Sal were Greta in the house King. for it, so it kind of, <laughs> kind of is a lasting one. So,
1: Sal Gueretta picked WrestleMania. Uh, I, I gave some thought to, to WrestleMania, but okay. there was just there were still a few too a few too many weak spots on the mm-hmm. show for me. Uh, Robert Gino picked Clash at the Castle. That was a good All one. Right. That's a good mm-hmm. pick uh brian vermeer picked wrestlemania he says it's always wrestlemania Mm -hmm. every year for me no no shame on that matt carlos our our pro wrestler man he picked uh wrestlemania as well so and then david brooks picked clash at the castle wow all right so we are almost an hour in we still got quite a few awards to go we're gonna go a little bit faster on this one so the uh, the hosts were split right here for tag team of the year so i'm gonna toss to sheena me and Sheena picked the Usos. Jordan and Marco picked FTR. Sheena, I mean,
0: okay. Tell us uh, why the
1: Usos uh, are better than FTR.
0: Okay. So, first of all, they were PWI's tag team of the year for 2022. So, they, you know, are obviously better. All than, right.
1: They got the PWI dust for you. Yeah. Um,
0: they surpassed the New Day's 483 day uh, record for longest reigning tag team yeah. champions. They, pa- the they surpassed everybody.
1: They surpassed yeah. Demolition. Yeah. New they, day, they are New the, yeah,
0: yeah, the longest reigning tag team, undisputed yep. yes. tag team champions. They're in the most compelling long-term program the company has produced in the last few years. Um, Decades, yeah. And uh, you know they've they've allowed the honorary oos. They brought Sami Zayn into the fold and made him like a highlight of the show too. So they've they've brought up other players in WWE. So they're they're bringing everybody up. So and
1: you know Roman Reigns is in the midst of the longest title reign in almost forty years. The Usos have been there every step of the way helping him out. Yeah, that's like, not live. Like yeah. Roman, he's the tribal chief. He's the man. But it's been a handful of situations where if Jimmy and Jay didn't show up, yep. he's probably dropping those belts.
0: Yep. So uh I mean, they're just they're the best, dude. There's just no two way, no two ways about mm-hmm. it. And
1: Jordan, let me just ask you one quick question. In the last three hundred and sixty-five days, have A how many of those days did FTR hold the AEW tag team championships? <sighs> Is real a, quick just looking for a number here
3: yeah, that is a problem you are right there i think
1: it's less than one right
3: think it's less than one dude <laughs> okay you know, all right
2: hold, jordan do you, uh, let's let's do this jordan do you want to take this because we we wanted to like a on the raw down we went into a huge discussion on this about um why the USO should have not been the number one uh tag team in pwi it should have been ftr um so maybe, uh, not, not because of the aew titles um and I'm going with the work rate side, where you know where Jordan is is a is a professional. If you're saying the
0: Usos don't got work rate, then they, you're absolutely bananas.
2: So you're uh, nuts. Jordan, take take it away from me. I know I know you get I know you get so, some off fire. So
3: the me and Seth talked about the PWI 500. It goes July to July, so that's the, that's only accounting for half of this actual year. Yep. Um, I just feel like FTR had the best year for any tag team. I mean, their matches with the Briscoes this year. Are on the top of a lot of the tag team lists for match of the year. Um, they held three t- titles in three different companies. I know they didn't hold mm-hmm. the AEW titles, but um, three major titles this year. I just, I dude, I feel like everything they did this year, like uh, they have so many memorable matches and stuff. And yeah, you guys are right. The Usos are the champions in the biggest company in the world, but they are the champions in one company and they wrestle on one show FTR was putting in work every night of the week on three different four different shows a lot of times so I, I don't know man I just I feel like this was FTR's year and if there's any year you're going to give FTR the the major shine this should be their year for me yeah
1: yeah we were we were dogging on them but we love FTR oh, yeah. wrong. I, I was one of the few people that shelled out the money to order that ring of honor pay-per-view just so I could see them and The Briscoes kind of end off their. They game. were definitely
0: so on my list. We yeah. love FTR, I but, it FTR but, I, but I just can't. I, I can't still give to the Usos. The Usos so yeah, yeah. I'm
1: not going to All right. This this <laughs> next award is. Uh, They're
3: not going to hire
1: you. <laughs> this next award is uh, is brought to you by our good friend uh, J Bone, John Swallow at Coming Down the Aisle. Coming down the aisle.
2: You want to feel the war of the crown? Well, strap on those spandex undies and listen to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast hosted by me, J-Bone. Each week, I have a guest ranging from wrestlers, podcasters, and even some family members. The guests pick the match, and we talk about it along with their fandom. Also, each week I provide my analysis of the wide world of wrestling and some figure talk. So get on, eat up, and subscribe to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts today.
1: Ooh, yeah, dig it. All right, J-Bone, man, no hate. I promise it's just coincidence this is the way it worked out with the format. But Coming Down the Aisle and J-Bone are sponsoring the award for the worst wrestling figure of the year. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna keep the Usos talk going Sheena tell us why you selected elite 95 Jimmy Uso for the worst pick of the year
0: because it was not a Jimmy Uso figure it was a J Uso figure <laughs> in a Jimmy Uso box and they actually you can't even call it a Jimmy Uso box it literally just said J J- Uso's face it literally on the box just said too. yeah Jimmy Uso is the name but the photos and the photo on the back were Jay Uso and the figure was freaking Jay so it was I don't know how you let that happen as Mattel I understand they're twins. I get that, dude. They're not
1: identical, though. But they're...
0: Yeah, they're not identical, and they they've done a lot to like kind of differentiate their looks and their style their and stuff. Hair, their they have hair, different
1: tattoos.
0: Yeah, I just feel like, like Jimmy's
1: a little bit like thicker. He's like a little
0: thicker. Yeah, how, how do you even let that happen? So Dang. to me, that was that was botch of the year, especially for a tag team that is you know again the best tag team in the world. It yeah, so. just goes to
1: show you how hot the Usos are. That figure has gotten really hot on the secondary market yeah. people just want to have
0: that awesome Usos. Uso, so yeah, yeah, they're
1: pairing that with the Elite ninety one J when don't even really match. And they're both Jay Uso. Yeah. <laughs> um, I pray that Mattel, you know, it's awesome that they're giving us a ultimate edition tag team with the Uso. It's going to be a ringside collectibles exclusive at some point in 2023. Use code Fully to save 10%. But if you guys go back and watch the ringside fest videos, even on the videos, Jimmy holds up his figure and he's like, no, it's Jay. This is Jay. And they got to correct him and be like, no, that is you. So, like, even the <laughs> oh Usos are God. in on it, dude. Yeah, like, they know. These figures are off. I mean, man, you, so. you, you
0: can look. I mean, dude, you just look at it. That is absolutely Jay Uso, dude. Yeah. No, no deny. Ho-
1: hopefully, I pray that they get it fixed because I'm really excited to get that Ultimate Edition Uso set. Uh, the Bros were all united on this one, man. <laughs> me, Jordan, and Marco, all three had the Jazzwares Owen Hart uh, figure pick first of the year. The I think there fast. there were worse figures, right? I'm pretty sure we can all agree there were worse figures this year, but there were none that were a bigger letdown yeah. uh, than that Owen was for being the first one over 20 years. Uh, Jordan, kind of just briefly give me, like, you know, why this figure was a letdown for you?
3: Because. The first scan we get of it and the head that he has on in the box, it looks like your random forty-year-old uh, mom that's going to the grocery store to pick up groceries. Like, <laughs> I can't tell if that's Owen Hart. The the face scan is absolutely dreadful. Um, it's the most plain-looking figure ever. Just such a letdown for a figure that we all looked forward to so much, and it's just like the most plain. Uh, unidentif- unidentifiable figure I've ever seen. I, it's yeah. not good.
0: The figure didn't even match the box either, which I thought yeah. was kind of a, a huge letdown.
1: Yeah, I and obviously, you know, if if Martha Hart wants them to not do anything that looks anything close to his WWE look, I get that, and I understand that Jazzwares is probably kind of working with, with one arm tied behind their back on this whole own Hart figure deal, but... There were still plenty more of his looks from Japan that they could have done that would have been way more toyetic and and just way more appealing for us bigger fans. So yeah, just just a letdown. Let's uh we're about at the halfway mark on the awards. Let's let's have a drink before we power through the second half of the twenty twenty-two (laughs) Chickies. Right, it's time for the last beverage break of 2022. This is where we all go around and talk about what we're sipping on as we pod. I'll get it started. I am drinking John Cena's favorite beer, Coors Banquet. Not Coors Light, which Oof. I hate Coors Light. That's like my least favorite beer, <laughs> but I, I kind of like the Banquet beer, man. It's uh, I, I got some nice 16-ounce pint cans, and uh, it's going down smooth. So Coors Banquet for me. What about – are you guys fans of uh, Coors? No.
2: Uh, no, not really. Marco? I don't I don't okay. hate it. I just it's not my choice of <sighs>
1: beer. Well I guess I'm in good company. It's just me and the champ, man. So <laughs>
2: Sheena,
1: how about you? What's your what's your take on Coors?
0: I have no take on Coors. I don't drink it. I don't I don't have I don't have an opinion.
1: Take a sip. You could have a we okay. could have a live taste test. it. Sheena's right. trying oh Coors God, Banquet beer for the first time ever on this. the air. What kind of notes are you getting?
0: <laughs> I'm getting um a little a, a twinge of frat house. <laughs> with uh, a side of douchebag. you gotta
1: get any hustle loyalty and respect.
0: I'm not getting any hustle loyalty and respect. I do hear some some trumpets in there though. I'm just
1: Ugh. Oh god. Was a big gulp. She took a, she didn't take a little sample. She did just take a big chunk out of my <laughs> beer. So um, it can't be all
3: bad. Yeah.
0: It kind of just tastes like water. It didn't really taste like anything, dude. Thank you. Yeah, like
3: that is the flavorful. best review you've ever given. That's what Coors <laughs> tastes like. It's straight up fucking water. Thank you for That's that, That's why too. I don't like
1: Coors Light, dude. That's why I hate Coors Light. Coors Light is fucking ice water to me, dude. So <laughs> This at least got a little bit of flavor. Yeah. Uh, Shino, what, what are you drinking?
0: So I'm over here. I have given up all of the holiday drinks, you guys. If you've listened to any of the podcasts I was on, if you listen to Open Mic, I was having some indulgent yep. um holiday holiday drinks cocktails during that time but i'm trying to shed my winter coat (laughs) (laughs) and try to unveil for spring i'm gonna you know come out of my cocoon and i want to be a beautiful butterfly in the spring so um, i'm i'm sipping on a seltzer a high noon it's a vodka soda i despise i don't really like vodka at all but i really like high noons uh, and i got the peach flavor so no no high fructose corn syrup no artificial flavors uh three grams of sugar which is pretty low for a for a mixed cocktail drink um out of all the
1: seltzers i I put High new number two behind Kona. They're they are pretty good though. Yeah. So Marco, what are you drinking, man?
2: Um, since it's still tis the season, it's holiday season. Still, um, head have some eggnog, right? Hell yeah. And uh, oh, mix, it, mix it with is. a little bit of uh, some proper twelve Irish Ugh, whiskey. Okay. Wow.
3: God. Oh, so good.
2: You
0: you don't like eggnog, Jordan, or proper? 12? No, I
3: love eggnog. Proper twelve is like <laughs> fucking rat piss. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think Proper Twelve was rat piss. I
1: thought it was like watered down, dude. Like, I because I really like Jameson. Jameson's my number two liquor. Jameson's behind good too. Maker's Mark, yeah. Um, and I thought Proper Twelve was actually like too smooth, man. To me, it was like whiskey for people who don't really want to drink whiskey. It, it tastes, tastes good, good in
0: eggnog. Really like whiskey,
2: I'll tell you that much.
0: I, I I bet it would be good in eggnog. It's a good, it's I a good mix.
2: Nog. I would drink it. It's Jordan,
0: straight. what are you drinking? I, lo- I like Virgin Eggnog too. So I mean, what can I say? Same.
2: So way. I, Jordan, did, what are you
3: uh, sipping on, bro? Um... I got a uh, 12 days of Jim Beam calendar, so I'm powering through that right now. Um, nice. I did a uh, Coke and Jim Beam earlier, and now I'm on a Coke and Vanilla Jim Beam right now.
1: Ooh, Ooh. Vanilla so Jim Beam. Game. All right, you guys ready to uh, to get back into the show? Let's roll. All right, our next category is brought to you by the Turd Buckle Tavern.
2: Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern, available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down
3: smooth.
1: Yeah, I did make a uh, a minor botch. We forgot to do the Foley Fam's uh, worst figures of the year, so I'll quickly run through those. Uh, Tony Barker picked the uh, the Corazon de Leon, Chris Jericho figure. No, I agree. That, yeah, that, that was another big disappointment that's a for drive. me. Yeah. Sal Guerrero picked uh, – he didn't He didn't have a pick for worst figure of the year. He just loves everything. R- Rob Regino, I got some beef with this. He picked the Burnt Fiend Elite 92. I thought yeah, that figure thought was awesome. awesome. That figure is wow.
3: dope.
0: Yeah, I love that figure, A lot of Rob.
1: unique tooling. Like, I mean, I get, you know, I mean, obviously, Rob's not here to add any context to his pick. If he just thought that gimmick was goofy and was a waste yeah. of a slot, that's yeah. cool. But if I'm judging just a figure, I thought they freaking yeah, nailed that. the figure was mage. Uh, Rob Slight says Ember Moon Basic. That was actually Sheena's pick. He did say <laughs> that was this year. That was actually the end of 2021, though. So. Yeah. yeah. That I- was, and that was a shame that that was Ember Moon's last uh Last figure. I, yeah, I, I
0: picked that originally and then yeah, I had to fix something else because Seth was like, no, that was last year. <laughs> uh
1: Brian Vermeer says anything CM Punk ass, hundred percent cosigned. Uh Matt Carlos did not have another worst figure. That that's so Matt Carlos. That's so on brand because he's so, so positive. He's, yeah. so positive. Yeah, he's just,
0: such a nice guy. Yeah.
1: Can't even bring himself to pick a uh uh, worst figure uh, worst figure and david brooks pig series 135 reggie i have that reggie figure just because if it's somebody's first time in the line yeah i kind of got to have it but yeah i agree that figure kind of sucks all right the two bad chads uh I, again this is just coincidence you know Jay bone coming down the aisle sponsored the uh the worst figure of the year the two bad chads are sponsoring the award for the best figure of the year so sheena you can kick us off what was your figure of the year for twenty twenty two?
0: Mine was the Malachi Black Supreme figure. Um, we've talked about it on the show before. It's just a beautiful figure altogether. I mean, obviously, it's spot on with his gimmick. What the the actual like bang that you get for your buck with that figure, as far as like the different like the swappability and the different um, looks and all that, and the headgear and all the things that come with it. Is just incredible. It's like three and,
1: distinct figures, depending on how you mix and match all the parts. Yeah,
0: and I mean, even if you even if you weren't a wrestling fan, I feel like that is like a show stopping figure. Like you'd be like, "Wow, like who is this guy?" You know. And I, I just love all like those like you know medieval like fantasy style looks where it's just like you know. I mean, I'm not obviously into like Satanism or anything, but <laughs> but it's uh it's really I mean it just looks really super cool and I, I'm into it.
1: Yeah, great figure. I I was a little bit turned off once I realized the scale was off. He's he's a little bit tall, and you know, like scale yeah. is literally the most important yeah. thing to me. But on its own, just tremendous figure.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Uh, Marco, tell us why the No Holds Barred Zeus was your figure of the year.
2: Um, mainly because obviously, I mean, it's going to be more sentimental or more uh, more nostalgic than anything. You know, No Holds Barred being that that cult classic of a movie where you. Can't even find it on streaming services. It uh if you go to on Amazon to buy it, it's like sixty dollars for the DVD. Um, I think it's just
1: been buried away, man. That movie was just so it was so critically panned. Like everybody that's involved with it is just
2: like trying
1: to trying to make it disappear.
2: Pretty much, yeah. But then but then the, the light side of that is we we actually got a, a Zeus figure, um, which we which we haven't had before. I mean it's 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 awesome. I mean they get the, the head scan is uh, is perfect on it, the 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 shoulder pads um, just, I mean, like I said, it's just more nostalgic for me and more, more, uh, you know, I just love it. It's, 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 it's one of the uh best figures that they put out. The Hogan's all right. Obviously we, we always say he's a racist piece of shit. The rip uh, yeah. the rip <laughs> figure is good, but that Zeus figure, man, I mean, and they're coming out with another one too, in the elite yeah. line as well. So, I mean, hopefully we get a lot more, maybe they'll do a movie one. Maybe they'll come out the a Friday uh,
1: yeah, we need Debo
2: with Debo. <laughs> with Debo I
1: haven't good. seen a good custom Debo yet. I've seen people that have took the uh, the Roddy Piper, John Nada figure and thrown the shirt on there, but it don't fit just quite no. right. I'm waiting to see one of the real good customizers to make us a say, yeah, definitely, just an but- on point Debo. Uh, Jordan, you had my uh, my number two pick, man. Again, this was another one where I was like a, a just a, a razor away from from having the same pick as you, man. Fan takeover, Amazon exclusive, Shawn Michaels.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, This was a tough one for me, too. I was down between two ultimates, and uh, this is the one that won out for me. I just, this figure, I mean, it literally looks like they just shrunk Sean down and put it into an ultimate box. It's a great figure. Um, I was happy to get it. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't really have to describe too much about this figure. Everybody knows it's good. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it it perfectly captures survivor series 95 Shawn michaels man like you said it's like they just shrunk him down the entrance gear is awesome i typically don't like when they do like the soft goods chaps but these ones just came out really great go back in the archives you can find we did a survivor series 95 watch along the end of last year um with the the wild card match that, that this sean gear was based off of and and it was just awesome i went with ultimate edition also so we ended up with with one supreme pick and three ultimate edition picks so the the top tier premium lines for the uh, figure companies are definitely paying off. I went with the Ultimate Doink yeah. from the, uh, the new gen. Is that, is that the other figure you were down to, Jordan? Oh, yeah.
3: yeah, that figure is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I, again, same thing, man. It's like they just shrunk down 1993 Doink. I love that he's, it's, uh, it's a little bit more of like the heel version of Doink than the uh, like the baby face we got on his prior releases. The All the paint applications are crazy. The entrance coat they went above and beyond. And I... I think it was really I, I had a little bit of like the uh, the the symbolic of uh, this figure uh, being part of the first crowdfund that Mattel's done for WWE figures I think this is gonna be a really historically significant figure and I'm not MOC mine's already been opened up and you know my son Brett's played with it and stuff gently right I've taught him how to play with the figures but I think that if you are MOC I think this is a figure that is gonna keep going up and up and is definitely a good long-term investment um Sheena, did you have any like honorable mentions?
0: No, I love I love that um, Doink figure, like you said. I mean, I think that's probably. Yeah, I mean, you guys covered all the ones that I had on my my short list.
1: Okay, let's go through the uh, the Foley fam. So, uh, Tony Barker just he he got both of them. He said the No Holds Barred two pack. Yeah, no shame on that. Sal Guercker also said the New Gen Doink. Robert Genio said the HBK fan takeover. So we're batting a thousand so far. Uh, Brian Vermeer said Doink from the New Generation. Matt Carlos said, uh, the whole new Jen arena set. Yeah. And David Brooks said doing the clown ultimate edition. Wow. So yeah, that? sounds like we pretty much nailed it guys on the, uh, the best figures of the year. Let's go on to, we're up to the, uh, the tippy top guys. We got, uh, two major awards, one minor award left to go. So this is our second to last major award of the year. We have female wrestler of the year. Uh, It was a split. All right, so uh, the Phelps household, both uh, me and Sheena, both picked Bianca Belair. Uh, Jordan and Marco both picked the uh, probably the hottest wrestler in the world right now. (laughs) Literally, the name on the tip of everybody's tongues, Mandy Rose. Uh, Jordan, how much did the fact that if you pay enough money you can see her butthole affect your choice to uh, select Mandy Rose
2: as the female wrestler
1: of the year?
3: No, no, I no. I mean, first of all, I would never pay to see anyone's butthole. Exactly. I am a, I am a back pages uh, Mandy Rose butthole looker. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. straight up degenerate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I mean, it did it play into my um, selection, sure. But
1: uh, I no. mean, it definitely it set the wrestling world on fire this this whole situation with her
3: but seriously though dude she reinvented herself so much in nxt and um her year run with that title was uh nothing short of amazing i mean she had a lot of really good matches in there do i think she's the greatest wrestler in the world absolutely not but do i think that she utilized all of her skills and everything in the ring and had a hell of a year run absolutely so um uh, bianca was Right there with her, so I, I just decided I thought Mandy had a bigger year, and this is probably the only time she's ever going to get mentioned for Women's Wrestler of the Year. So True. that was the other reason yeah. I picked yeah. her. Yeah. I think
0: it's it's a dis- it's disappointing how it all played out. Like I was really I was really bummed at like that's how it ended for her. Um, I've really I mean I've really been happy with how Mandy has carried the NXT Women's title, yep. and um, I thought the whole I thought the whole thing was bullcrap. Obviously contracts are contracts. I'm not trying to say whether or not she did breach her contract, but. I mean, she's doing just fine. I'm not worried about Mandy Rose in any way, shape, or form. But uh, it, was, I, it was sad just from a wrestling fan perspective to just see her get, like, you know, yeah. beaten because...
1: I think another that. point to her credit is that she brought uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane right along the ride with her. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They they're got super over, kind of hanging with her, getting the whole toxic attraction to act over. I'm still hopeful that this was just like a legal ease type deal, um, that you know it was some sort of breach of contract that they just couldn't let slide because they didn't want to, they yeah. didn't want to set the precedent. Well, it was
0: Mattel right? Didn't it wasn't? That's, it, that's the, the rumor. It's never that, like, been confirmed. There's rumors yeah. that,
1: that it came that it was something to do with the Mattel sponsorship. But I'm I'm hopeful that this was just something where like legally they basically had to terminate her contract. Yeah. And yeah. dude, I would not be surprised one bit if she showed back up in the Women's World Rumble. Like I said, she's the hottest free agent in women's wrestling right now. She's making enough money. Uh, if you listen to the reports, that maybe she doesn't even need it. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of disagree. I think it ended up good for her, dude. I mean, she put over an up and coming star, yep. and that's how her story ends. She didn't have any crappy storyline or like kind of. She didn't like fizzle out. Like she literally walked yeah. away at her peak. You know, true. Yeah,
2: Four, yeah, yeah,
0: I agree. I guess maybe just. I, I think I just got a bad taste in my mouth because I feel like. I think it was just kind of shady how it all went down. I mean, maybe she knew that it was, you know, that it was coming, right? Like that she knew that like, oh she yeah. She knew something was coming. Yeah, yep. something was right. <laughs> so. Somebody was. Yeah, I kind of <laughs>
2: <Yeah, I laughs> kinda- Never mind. I mentioned hey. yeah, I mentioned that on the uh I I kind of mentioned on the raw down too cuz we had a discussion about that um uh, where I think there was some I think there was some things that happened behind the scenes. Um you know, like as as far as like a corporate type of thing, you know, like warnings and stuff like that. And then obviously we're we're seeing the end result of it. I think there was stuff that happened beforehand, but um, yeah. I mean, mean I'm
0: sure I'm sure they probably asked her to take it down. Yeah. She was like, uh, yeah. yeah I don't no, think it was my like ba- a, my bank account is fat.
2: Yeah, so I don't think it was not. Yeah, I don't think it was like an abrupt like get fired. I think it was more or less like, well, let's work with you. Let's see what we could do. Um, you know, it was she. She had the title for 413 days. That's yeah, insane. which
0: is insane. I mean, you think she, I
2: mean she, she started. She started
0: record. on um. Oh God, what's the what's the WWE reality show? The
2: Total, Total Divas. No, no no, no,
0: no, no, no. The the one where they're trying to become a wrestler. Oh, tough,
1: it enough. Was, uh, tough, tough enough. enough. Tough enough. Yeah, yeah. Mandy Rose is on tough enough. Yeah, yeah. she she
0: started on tough enough. But Remember, she lost from. to Sarah Lee. Yeah. Um, the, the chick, you know, I was, was
1: gone like that whole time that series was on the air.
0: Oh yeah. So anyway, yeah. So she was, she started on like tough enough. as just like, you know, one of the little contestants on there and yep. then, you know, ends up being the freaking NXT women's champion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's, I mean, it just kind of shows you the, the speculation, you know, Chelsea green is supposed to be coming back to WWE. And she like took down her only fans page. You know what I mean? So mm. I, I think they're going to start cracking down on all that and uh, i mean the, the sad thing is the thing that pisses me off about the whole thing is like it's okay for wwe to exploit people and people's problems and all this stuff in any way shape or form but if they're making money outside of wwe like it's not okay and i, I don't I,
1: think it was making money because there's other wrestlers that have like only fans and stuff i think it was the content i mean she yeah. was definitely yeah she's on like the of the pro wrestlers that have only fans she's like a Aside from Paige Van Zant, Mandy's probably the second, like you know, steamiest. If we're going to yeah. keep PG thirteen yeah. on this show, I think it was the. I think if, I think if the if she kept it like a you know a hard PG thirteen, I think she probably would have been fine because yeah. yeah. she's definitely a star. It, um, but I think it was just it got. I think the stuff she was. She's a star. Post- she's a star. She's
0: <laughs> a bright shining star. Isn't that what? um
1: yeah, Dirk Diggler, Dirk Boogie Diggler. Nights, I'm star, yeah,
2: yeah, um. with the porn <laughs>
1: stuff. I, I think it just, I think the stuff got really like <laughs> legit, like too hot for WWE to handle. I, I think minute. we know,
2: I think we know who it was for Mattel though. We're not going to say any names. <laughs> but if we have to pick someone, I think yeah, you know.
1: I'm, I'm gonna
0: blame Bill.
2: <laughs> Wait, so
1: Lauren, so you so something so to uh, so add on
3: this my, one? It, I'm supposed to believe here that Mattel got Mandy Rose fired. Were they like afraid of they weren't I gonna be able to get the butthole scan just right, or we <laughs> just told you, we <laughs> just told you? Dude, who it I was. don't even know
1: if it was ne- I, so. Again, this is all just rumblings and stuff, yeah, man. I heard it, it got mentioned on a Conrad pod, which we you know Conrad's got a lot of inside yeah. sources. though that made me think maybe there's some truth to it. Yeah, I don't even think I. I can't imagine somebody from Mattel was like, "Hey, fire Mandy Rose true. has an only OnlyFans page, uh, pay, you know?" Fire, fan but I, yeah, fan time. But I do know that that Mattel deal is a big money maker for WWE, and I think maybe just out of precaution, they were yeah. like, "Shit, they like Mattel is not going to look cool with this."
2: Someone, man. nope, someone try to, someone try to. uh Slide into the DMs of Mandy Rose. I was in Mattel. We're not going to say any <laughs> yeah. names. She was He was real sweaty.
0: Real guess sweaty. What? His palms were sweaty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Weak, uh, arms me and Sheena, we, uh, we picked Bianca Belair. I don't think there's a whole lot to go into on that again. I think that's kind of like a the chalk pick for women's wrestler of the year. I think she just brought it over and over in the ring, man. She finally got the best of Becky Lynch. Twice. Um, that latter match she had with Bailey. That's really kind of what won me over. Cause I was going yeah. for Bailey going into that match, but Bianca Belair put on such a show that by the end of it, I was, I was rooting for her and I just think she delivered, you know, from, from January 1st, all the way till, you know, it'll not be in December 31st, a few days from now. I think Bianca yeah. Belair delivered better than anybody. And, yeah. uh, that was the pick. You got any other, uh, anything to elaborate on Bianca there, Sheen?
0: No, she's definitely the B-E-S-T of 2022.
1: I don't want to say, not to get, uh, super into, like, you know, gender politics or whatever. In the years past, we had done just one Wrestler of the Year award, but we want to give separate shine to the females just because even though they've come a long way, like, the females still don't quite get as much shine as, like, the dudes do on, yeah. on the wrestling shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, they, they do get a lot, but we want to make two separate categories just to, uh, to recognize them on their own. Way Let's go, get into Seth. the Foley fan picks. What
3: was that, Jordan? I said, way to go, Seth. Way to, way to be inclusive.
1: Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure in case people wonder why we didn't do rest of the year. We did give some thought to just making one, uh, yeah, I don't of think the it's really, category, yeah, it's not really fair,
0: dude. Like, yeah. We easy. just
1: want to give as m- much shine to as many people as yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, Tony Barker also picked Bianca. Sal picked Bianca. Rob picked Bianca. Brian picked Bianca. Matt Carlos picked Becky Lynch, which I do think Becky was oh. strong this year, but I don't think it was her best year.
0: No. No. But you
1: know. And David Brooks picked can, Bianca belt. You can never go
0: wrong picking Becky Lynch, you know.
1: Damn near across the board, everybody picked Bianca. All right. Let's go to uh one one more little uh this this will be the popcorn match before we get to the main event. This is the wrestler to watch in twenty twenty three. So uh Jordan, who is your uh, who's your one to watch in twenty twenty three?
3: I went with Bron Breaker. Um, I just feel like when eventually he does get called to the main roster, I feel like they're gonna do a lot with him. Um, his size, I mean, he's he's a Steiner. Like uh, I'm yeah. still hopeful they change his name. Yes, um, dude.
1: Go to the main roster, change your name to Rex Steiner. We'll all pretend hey, Braun Breaker was never a thing.
0: It's been confirmed that we're getting Steiner's figures, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think Braun Breaker yeah. has like broken the, the Steiner ceiling wide open. Dude. I just feel
1: like that Rex Steiner name he was using was freaking perfect, man. Yeah,
3: yeah so if if Braun Breaker is the reason why we're getting Steiner figures, it, w- it was him that bridged the gap. Well, I mean, he should be everyone's uh, future star because we're getting all the Steiner yeah. figures now. <laughs>
1: Uh Marco, you picked my my breakout wrestler from twenty twenty two. You think he's gonna keep it going? Ricky Starks.
2: Yeah, I think so. you guys kinda of mentioned that as the uh he's the breakout uh wrestler of the year um for this year. But I think he uh I think he just you know I think he just started, especially with you know his program with MJF now going into it with uh Chris Jericho. Um I think it's just gonna get better for him next year. And he's definitely gonna become one of those like, you know, one of their baby faces or the big time baby faces for AEW. Um, because they're far and few between right now, And I think he's just going to be that kind of you know, that that opposite of uh MJF, um, if you if you want to put it that way, where he's kind of like their ultimate heel, he's going to be like their ultimate mm-hmm. uh face. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with uh Ricky.
1: I stuck with AW as well, I went with uh Swerve Scott, man. Oh, I just okay. when this yeah. dude's in the ring, he is just captivating oh. to me. I, I think his in ring work is awesome, and he's a really really cool character. I know he's working heel right now against Keith Lee, Not that. but I see him eventually coming yeah. back to be in a baby face that the fans can really get behind, you know, dudes, a, he's a former Marine. That's a shoot. So like, I think that's something that could get the, uh, get the fans, re- you know, really behind him and stuff. He's got the rapping thing. And even though the, fa- his gimmick or his, uh, segment that they had with Rick Ross last Wednesday oh night God. was probably you know, one of the worst things yeah, I've yeah. seen on oh. TV Ugh. in wrestling the last couple of years. Um, I thought that... Uh, that was I, a
0: one-off. Yeah, yeah, I think the
1: sky's the limit for this guy. And I think he's going to be in the main event picture in AEW by the end of the year. Uh, Sheena picks somebody who's kind of already on top, but she is still going to somehow break through to another level. Listen, <laughs> I liked the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes.
0: Yeah, I dude, I think I think he is going to break through to another level, man. He's going to break through to a level that he's never been at in WWE. So yeah. I think that's a whole different.
1: He never won the world title in AEW either. He's never been a world champ,
0: exactly. Right? So Unless I, you
1: can't Ring of Honor, he's and, never been a world champ. And
0: you know, he did the unthinkable and went like back through the forbidden door, and he's he greased the skids to make it cool to go back to WWE. He built so, the bridge. Yeah. yeah. So say what you want, but he like allowed people to be like, you know what? Like maybe the grass isn't greener over here at AEW. You know, maybe we can find work back in WWE. His, his trilogy with Seth Rollins was excellent. Um, him battling through the, the pec tear at Hell in a Cell was epic, as we already talked about. And I think just that alone solidified him as um, the babyface hero of WWE. But unfortunately, it got cut short before we could really yeah. just be be fully realized. Um, so I think I think 2023 is going to be a year for, for Cody Rhodes to do things that he's never done. Um, and so that's why I picked him. As a breakout star, obviously, I, I know it's kind of going a little kind of how I pick Seamus, you know, and he's already been with the company for like yeah, 10 years. Yeah, he went a little
1: bit different. Yeah, so I, get it. I, I think it's uh,
0: I think it works.
1: I dude, To me, I almost think Triple H taking over and WWE being as good as it's been over the second half of this year has hurt him. Cause I don't feel like people have missed Cody as much as we thought we were going to miss him. Yeah,
0: that does. Um, it, it, yeah. One thing it. he's
1: got going for him is the WWE production staff. Like they need to put together some just fire video packages, start mm-hmm. getting us hyped up. I don't think it needs to be a surprise return. I think, I think Cody, I think they need to hype it up like they did triple H in 2002. Yeah. And let us, um, you know, let us still anticipate it, but no, it's coming. Like not out of nowhere. What, what do you think, Jordan? How would you handle Cody's return?
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely hype it up because you definitely got to get people eyes on the product and, hey, is this the week he's coming back and things like that. But um, I am excited for him to come back because I do feel like when he left, I mean, no pun intended, he was kind of on top of the world at that point. Red
1: hot, dude. Um, Red hot.
3: So, yeah, I mean, I, I am very excited to see what he does this year. Dude, if he does not get the title this year, I am extremely worried for Cody Rhodes in the future. Like, if he doesn't get it within the next 12 yeah. months, I don't think he's going to ever get it.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Like I said, the rumors going around, we, we kind of alluded to it. The rumors going around, uh, like the last round, is that they're going to try to get The Rock for WrestleMania. And if that happens, it'll be Roman and Rock for night two and actually Seth and Cody for night one for the belt. Um, which would be interesting. Like I said, we know there's there's a couple steps we gotta get in between there just to get one of those belts off of Roman. Um, and I know Seth and Cody would would tear the house down. But uh, but yeah, we'll see, man. Like I said, I'm interested to see how this plays out once once Cody comes back. All right, you guys ready for the main event?
3: Do the do and read the Foley fam stuff, dude
1: good call like i said I, me and jordan taped the uh, the long balls that's our podcast we do with the uh, the terrible tavern on pro football talk so we're on to like we, me and jordan are into almost hour 4 of podcasting tonight and i've been drinking beers the whole time so forgive me foley fan for leaving out wrestler to watch in 2023 uh tony barker said carmelo hayes i gave some strong consideration to that anybody got <laughs> any any thoughts on carmelo okay that's a great pick uh, I like yeah carmelo.
2: that's a good pick that's a good pick
1: that dude delivers every time he's yeah. in the ring um, Sal Guerrera picked Braun Breaker slash Asuka Oscar. yeah Asuka's got a little something going on right now I've heard rumors she might be tied into this Bray stuff that could mm. be cool Ooh. Mm. Uh, Robert Gino said Chad Gable I did. I love Chad I, I love Chad Gable I feel like maybe that ship has sailed he's just going to be like a comedy act forever I don't know if he could be salvageable at this point he's been in that that slot so long Anybody else got any Chad Gable thoughts? Break, break
0: yeah, back, break I, back don't, I don't see G. Chad Gable. There was a there was a time when I thought Chad Gable could ascend the ranks, but I think he's I think he's a career mid Carter. Yeah. yeah,
3: he's not doing anything.
1: <laughs> Damn.
3: <Jordan>. <laughs> <laughs> what? Put a on it. There's the way you said it. What? He's not. Like, dude, how many times <laughs> are, are we gonna incorrect? buy into this Chad Gable hype? The dude's doing nothing. Let's let's just move on.
1: All right, yeah. Brian Vermeer says Solo Sokoa, good pick. Good pick. Uh, Matt Carlo says Grayson Waller, that's another good one, man. Grayson Waller really good. Lula. And
2: that's
1: David better. Brooks says uh, Roxanne Perez again. We cannot confirm or uh, or deny if if Booker T paid David Brooks to make <laughs> you that know, pick. Right?
2: <laughs> Yo, what's going on? All man? right,
1: let's get into the <phone rings> Wrestler of the Year award. Uh, we'll let we'll let Marco go first because I think me and uh, Jordan and Sheena's picks all kind of tie in together. Marco, tell us why you picked Sammy Zane. Sa- Samuel wrestler of the year.
2: Zane. Sammy Oose as my wrestler of the year. Just by go just going back to January. Um, obviously he was coming off that like the conspiracy stuff. We already we all know and love. Him sitting out, you know, in the aisles and all that stuff and hi- him and his um, documentary that he had going. Um he brought in Logan Paul too. That was the other the other thing he did as as well. Uh my favorite. Thing that he did uh, this year is obvious. Obviously, during the Bloodline, but we can't forget the stuff that he did with uh, uh, the Jackass crew with uh, Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. That was probably one of the most entertaining matches it, uh, on the WrestleMania card. For I mean, that could have been for me that could have main evented night night two because uh, if we remember the Roman Brock match wasn't the the greatest of matches. In um, Sami Jane, he just. Just throughout the year he's just showed that, you know, he is a valuable asset to that to that company. Um and we're we're also forgetting that him and KO were at the end of their contracts at the end of that year, uh, I think twenty twenty one. So they could have like left and you know, went on to greener pastures, but they both re-signed um pretty much around the same time. And and from then on, just like just from the beginning of the year all the way to the end of the year with the bloodline stuff, I think he's just shown and proved that he's he's definitely one of the top stars. And I can't believe I'm saying this that Sami Zayn is a main event <laughs> star for WWE, which is kind of mind blowing for a lot of people. But yeah. I'm 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 all for the rise in the uh in the in the train that is Sami Zayn that's gonna run through the WWE um, in the year twenty twenty three. So that's I feel point. that
1: the one thing I'll say about Sami, he's a guy who um has always made the most of any opportunity he's got. Mm-hmm. Like if he's getting five minutes screen time, if he's getting 25 minutes screen time, he's going to make the most of every opportunity. Yep. And I think it's finally starting to pay off.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, Jordan, we will toss to you next. The only person spoiler alert, that picked the AW wrestler. Tell us why John Moxley Ooh, okay. is your pick for wrestler of the year.
3: I just feel like he did so much this year that people are going to just forget about um, he was there every time CM Punk fucked AEW when he got hurt, <laughs> when he did facts. the fucking AEW brawl bias in
1: case of emergency, here's Mox. Yep, like, facts. dude,
3: Mox was just there. Um, he, he wrestled Will Ospreay back in April in one of my favorite matches of the year. I, I loved everything about that match. Um, he, I mean, he just wrestled numerous times in different companies and not to mention, for me personally like my favorite match i watched in person this year was watching mox wrestle at gcw when we were in the that front row was it was gcw champ most of the year yes. yeah. like dude there was no there was no railing or anything it's two o'clock in the morning mox comes out and everybody's right back into it um on their feet the yeah. entire match it just it, it was just something that i'll i'll never forget seeing him that close and um the match was bloody and violent and it was just it was fun to watch and I mean this dude was supposed to take time off from AEW not once but twice this year and still was there the entire year like I, I think a lot of that goes Sethway says the best uh ability in NFL is availability and Mox is always available to wrestle so um yep. I j- I feel like the dude just did a lot this year and I, th- I think people are not going to give him his shine, and I know a lot of people don't like him in his wrestling style. But he-, he did, man. He held AEW up when they needed him the most, so uh, uh, that's why I went with Mox.
0: I don't know who can't like Mox, dude. Yeah. if you nope. don't like Mox, then you don't like professional wrestling. If I'm you don't just, like Mox, turn this fucking podcast
3: <laughs> off right now. You know?
1: like straight <laughs> up, like, he's my he's he's my favorite in AEW. My number three wrestling in the world. I love Mox, man. Like yeah. I I feel like I really identify with him. Like the little bit of glimpses we've had. And his, like, outside-the-ring life, I feel like I got, like, a, a similar vibe to him. Like, yeah, I fucking love Mox, man. I, he was he was on the short list of, of people I considered for it, man. And it'll come just a little bit short for me. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I, I great job there, dude. I don't really got anything to add, man. I think you kind of nailed exactly why Mox is definitely in the mix for for best wrestlers of 2022. All right, Sheena's got a pick I think it's a little bit controversial. Oh. I think it's oh. I, maybe not quite as much as Marco picking Sami Zayn, but... <laughs> um I just, you know, to me, kayfabe still matters, man. Wins and Loss still matter. Even though this guy is my favorite wrestler in the world, Ooh. I still don't know if I can co-sign oh, it. She, no. Make the case. Why is Seth freaking Rollins the best wrestler of 2022?
0: I mean, so obviously like my knee jerk, it was Roman Reigns, right? And then I really started to just think like Roman Reigns is awesome. You know, he he's at the top of the mountain. But like when you just think about the person who's been able to do a lot more as far as like, I don't know, different, different levels in his
1: character development,
0: Yeah, character development and stuff like dude, he's been able to elevate mid card feuds and make them like meaningful and make them good. He had an epic trilogy with Cody Rhodes that, I mean, that I feel like Cody couldn't have had with anybody else. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for Seth Rollins, those Cody Rhodes matches would not have mattered. And let's not forget, let's not forget that Seth Rollins is the only person who has been able to ruffle Roman Reigns' is feathers.
1: Beat Roman Reigns.
0: Yeah, dude, he when he freaking he like he he got Roman Reigns like pissed off, dude. Like, you know, by by like talking shit. And I just feel like I don't know. He's Seth Rollins is a Triple H guy. So I feel like he's gonna have a big 2023. Um and I'm excited to see like I'm excited to see Roman and, and Seth finally like meet up in this like epic clash. Uh so I, I think I mean, he's my he's my wrestler of the year. Obviously, there's so many good picks. Roman was my knee jerk, but I, I think the case can be made for Seth Rollins. No, nah,
1: I feel you. I'm with you. You know, like if I, I don't really see it working itself out storyline wise, but if somehow for whatever reason they just said fuck it and had Seth win the Rumble and we set up Seth and Roman for Mania, I'll have tears coming down both cheeks, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I, I would love that, man. Uh, wow. and, and again, I love Seth. Seth's arguably doing the best work of his career, at least equal to what he did in 2015. But again, dude, I'm the king of kayfabe wins and losses still matter. I just feel like, you know, he lost all three matches to Cody lost one where Cody had a fucking mangled chest and somehow still loses did win the U S championship against a weakened Bobby Lashley um, and lost that like a month later. I just feel like the actual wins haven't been there enough for, uh, for Seth, which brings me to why I think all three of you guys have just completely just overthought this category all together, man, I got I got one finger up in the air right now, they, without a shadow of a doubt, dude. The rest of the year is the tribal chief Roman Reigns.
0: I mean, like, yeah, that cannot that cannot be argued. That the wrestler of the year is Roman Reigns, dude. But I just, I you're right. I probably did overthink it, but I was just thinking like, yeah, the easy way out is just to pick Roman Reigns because again, in kayfabe, wins and losses do matter, and right? This dude's
1: got. I mean, dude, it's been since Hulk Hogan in from 1985 to 1988 that we've seen. A title reign like this, like it just not, hasn't been done.
0: I'm not trying to going argue. Going through the
1: new gen, going through the Attitude Era, going through the PG Era. Even C- Cena didn't do this. Austin didn't do this. The Rock didn't do this. Brett, HBK. Anybody you want to think of, like nobody has had a run like this, man. Um, and I just think you know you got to give credit where credit's due and and acknowledge him.
0: Yeah, I acknowledge the Tribal Chief. I've been I've been acknowledging him since he was you know. D- 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 Despicable or whatever his, three, you know. So I mean, declare, de-
1: de- declare, de- 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 yeah. So and de- you're talking about Seth Rollins being full of suffering, S- S-
0: suffering, suck son. <laughs> yeah, I- I've been on, I've been on the the rains train <laughs> since day one-ish. So I mean, obviously, I'm here to acknowledge the tribal chief. I never pick against the tribal chief in my my fully picks league. I-, I just, I don't do it. But you know, again, I feel you.
1: I mean, dude, yeah, like you said, Seth.
0: Well, so was the, show when, the show week. wouldn't have been nearly as interesting if we were all just like, yeah, it was Roman. Yeah. How
1: know? how cool was it that we all three had compelling cases for uh, the Shield members to, yeah. uh, to be Wrestler of the Year, man? Yeah. Like, that's that just another, another and, notch and in the Sammy, belt. But, for, but listen, so
0: Sammy, he picked Sammy. Every one of these people is connected to Roman Reigns. Like, you know, two degrees of separation. I was going to say,
1: Reigns. Marco fucked it up. If he would have, some for whatever reason, picked Kurt <laughs> Angle to be his, we would have had all four <laughs> members... Of the Shield representative yeah. Yeah. for the rest of the year.
2: That's right. Because <laughs> he, he looks great nowadays. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Hope you guys... Or, well, excuse me. Let's go through Jesus. the uh, Foley Fams picks, then we'll get into some listener mail. So for rest of the year, Tony Barker picked... Where's it at? Oh, Seth Rollins. Hey, you got a hey, co sign. Tony.
0: My man, Tony.
1: Sal Guerrero picked Seth Rollins. Wow. Rob Virginio picked Sami Zayn.
2: What? Yeah, Brian awesome.
1: Vermeer picked Roman... Matt Carlos picked Roman, and David Brooks picked Roman. So look at that, dude. All three of our picks got a co-sign from someone in the uh, the Foley camp. That's pretty dang cool. All right, Sheen, we ready for listener mail? Let's go.
0: All right. Our buddy Sam Rosenthal says, Do any of you collect trading cards? We kind of touched on this earlier. If so, how far down the rabbit hole? Um,
1: yeah, I this is something i was like i said we touched on earlier something i was really into big as a kid especially nba cards from like 1992 up to like 1997 um but as an adult no i haven't been into that was the first pack of cards that really opened in forever today
0: yeah i I missed the whole trade i mean i I remember it but like i never got on on board with the the trading card hype when you know target was like you know banning people from (laughs) from buying cards and stuff so jordan Marco. Jordan and Marco you guys are into trading cards
1: I thought Sheena was looking She was she had the body language like she was about to move on to the next question <laughs> The love
3: <of> Christ <laughs> dude Yeah I, I do uh I I don't like fully on collect but um, I definitely like opening cards and um, seeing if I can pull anything good um, but I do a little bit of WWE some AEW and a lot of NFL so Did you do cards as a kid oh, Jordan yeah. Yep and I still have the majority of them too so um, yeah, it's, uh, it's always been a passion of mine. I love opening cards. It's, it's really fun, but damn, is it expensive. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it is expensive, dude. That was the one thing I, you know, I was noticing. When I was opening those cards today. I was just like, you know, it's cool. I guess you just do it for like the experience. It's kind of like a blind box, you know. You're spending the money just to potentially, like, it's like a lottery ticket, right? Like you, you potentially have something cool in there. And some people just like to have the collection of cards. So I totally get that too. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the the bang for the buck, I was just like, holy smokes, dude. If that was the only thing I collected, yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, that on top of figures is just. It's, it's, a, it's a bridge too far for me. Um, we already touched on Marco's card collecting, so I'm going to move on. Um, Charles Johnson says, what peg warmer is one that you couldn't believe ended up being a peg warmer?
1: I would say Elite 54 Charlotte. You know, that was our first Elite Charlotte. It yeah, we talked that about that before. It came with that beautiful blue robe. And I think it, I know Rich Swan got pulled from that set because he was released shortly after uh, that set hit retail. And I'm thinking maybe she just got over distributed. But I know that Charlotte was on the pegs for like years. And multiples,
0: dude. multiples. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, 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 that was in Hawaii. It came out at the end of 2017. And I feel like into 2019, they were still one of my worst. I still saw those out, in
0: Virginia. Yeah. They had a Virginia. Charlotte that was
1: just beat all to hell. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I don't know why that was on the pegs. How, how about you guys? What did you guys see in your areas?
3: Um, I'm going to go with the the Ultimate Hogan and Mr. T set. I was actually Mm -hmm. absolutely shocked Mm -hmm. that they had those clearance down to $10 at one point, at least in my area. Like, I loved that set, and I really thought that set was going to be a really big thing for um, Ultimate Editions, but man... I was way wrong on that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought that Hulk was one of
1: the best figures Mattel's done, man. I think maybe it was just too much Hulk at that time. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're, they're overdoing it. I'd probably say probably the Sammies. Have you guys seen all the Sammies being Clarence down to like $3? Um, I mean, they're not Sammy? $3, but the Sammy Guevara's. Uh, the Tar- oh, like oh, Sammy Guevara. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Sammy? Yeah. No, There's a few anyway.
1: AEW figures that I still see just melting the freaking pegs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Jason Koenig says... He's getting a, a personal question. Uh-oh. So he says, how do you raise your kids to not end up being the type of people that others oh, don't want to be around?
1: Oh, Jesus. I mean, well, I would say you just got a model behavior, right? Like act act the way you want your kids to act when they're grown up, you know, for better or worse. And then just hope they turn out okay, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, well, one, it depends on what type of people you're around. Because there's some people that just don't want to
1: be around kids. Period. Um. why So re- read the question one more time. He said, "How
0: do you raise your kids to not end up being the type of people that others don't yeah, want to so be around?" Talking,
1: he's talking about when uh, they're
0: older. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. when they're older, so I I think the biggest thing that you can instill in your kids is empathy. I think it's just a really great quality to have. I think nowadays with social media and with like the selfie culture and just all like it's all like kids are all inward looking, right? Like they're just all about themselves. And that's just, I mean, it's not their fault. It's something that, you know, we, as parents, we've, we overpraise them, we overreward them. We do all these things. And I'm not saying don't praise and reward your kids, like by all means, like love, praise, reward your children. But I feel like there's just this, this huge focus on self. And I feel like we really need to instill in our children, like out, like qualities that just are like outside of self. There's a really good book called Unselfie by Michelle Borba um, that teaches, like it talks about like empathy and like the, how it uh, impacts children. And I think that's one of the best, Qualities that you can instill in people to make them great adults.
1: We'll we'll get the link for that uh, that book <laughs> in the show notes. So Michelle, if you're listening, you know, <laughs> toss us a little bit of uh, <laughs> revenue. Uh, Marco, you got you got twins, man. Like, give us some of your parenting advice.
2: Oh man, I'm not sure if I'm the one to give advice, Harrington. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, it's yeah, we you, you just try to, as far as you know, I mean, three kids, um, different age brackets too. Um, so you, you know, you 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 kind of trying to teach them on, on different levels. Um, but at the same time, at the same level. So, I mean, we just try to teach, like, you know, respect, humility to, to, to our kids. I mean, when they're in public, they're like, they're great. they like, you know, they, they, you know, yes, yes. And, you know, please and thank you and excuse me. If, you know, if they, someone's talking, they do the excuse me stuff. So, um, I mean, we're doing, a, we're doing a pretty decent job. I think it's just, you know, treating them like, you know, not like, just treating them like humans speaking to them speaking to them like adults but not using adult language um, yeah that obviously you know that you're not going to swear at them but like you know just talk to them like they're regular people like tell them yeah tell them what they're you know <laughs> what they're doing right um the most important thing is always tell them what they're doing right um and not always telling them what they're doing wrong you know kind of do they i used, they used to call it the positive
1: affirmation yep
2: mm-hmm. co- compliment sandwich as they call it um you know the good you talk about the good, you talk about the bad, and then the the last part of that is the is the going forward what you do. So that's that's how we try to you know teach our kids anyway. But
1: yeah, definitely, Jordan. I know. uh So like, in, is you know, is in, in a lot of ways, I feel like it would maybe easier having you know just one child, but I also feel like sometimes it can make it difficult, like getting all that like constant interaction with another kid around the house, man. Like what's some of the stuff that you think is kind of unique that, uh, that you and Ari have done for Zoe.
3: So, I mean, Zoe has always been, she's always been raised to be polite to people, um, say please. And thank you. And I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. I think a, a lot of what's wrong with kids today too, is parents are too scared to discipline their kids when they fuck up. Like dude, I mean, we grew up in a generation where we knew if if we messed up, um, our parents were going to be pissed and we were going to be disciplined for it. Like There was no, oh, come home after stealing something uh, and we'll just give you a slap on the wrist. Like, dude, if I got caught doing anything, my mom would take away everything. I'd be grounded. I ain't doing anything. Um, so... I mean, we try to instill that in Zoe too. I mean, I don't but there's want her-
0: consequences. Yeah, yeah, consequences to your actions. Yeah, we do We
3: have
1: tried to be more mindful with my kids. Like even if it's something silly, man. Like just taking a little something from them, so that way they know like there's some sort of consequence when they do something. And it yeah. does
3: make you kind of feel like a jerk when you're a parent. Like when you have to discipline your kid. I get the worst. it. But- yeah. It's yeah. just, it's one of those things like, and Marco said, like, w- don't like cussing. I'm like, dude, if Zoe's being an asshole, I just straight up tell her, hey, we're being an <laughs> asshole. Like, d- dude, nobody wants to well, hear that. I mean, that. Zoe's
0: a li- Zoe is a little bit older than, yeah, she's, um, she's, ours she's than ten. 10,
3: she's cussing. Yeah, we've gotten
1: good too. So, like, so Brett knows like cuss words, he knows what words are bad. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've it, I'll give a comment to Sheena, dude, because Sheena cusses like a sailor, like straight up, like she's, <laughs> she's looking at me right now. Sheena's got a pretty foul mouth. But I'll give you credit where credit's due, dude. Over the last, like, three or four months, like, you've really cleaned it up. Like, you've gotten yeah. a lot better about just not peppering in seven F-bombs in every sentence. <laughs> that,
0: I did um, not say seven
1: F-bombs. For, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you got a pretty dirty mouth. But Brett's gotten to a point where, like, um, you know, just not to go down a rabbit hole of cussing and stuff, man, and parenting. But I could talk about this stuff all night because it's obviously it's my number one passion in life is my kids. And it's also just really interesting to me how everybody does different. Mm -hmm. Jordan, I would agree with you, man, that like a well-placed curse word can carry a lot of weight. Cause now that Brett knows like there are these like, you know, eight or nine really bad words. Like sometimes if I'm like, dude, knock the shit off, man, you know, like put like a hard (laughs) on it, you know, like really stamp it out, dude. Like, he immediately knows like, okay, dad has being serious. And I've seen it like have an effect, you know? So I think a a little bit can go a long way. Obviously you don't want to sound like, you know, you're signed to death row records when you're talking to your kids, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it could definitely help out, man. Just let them know like, okay, I'm getting serious.
0: Yeah, I think just you know, like you said, if you're a good person and you model being a good person, I think that's the best you can do. I know a lot of good people who have a lot of asshole children, so sometimes it's just you know, <laughs> it's it's a the luck of the draw. But I do think there is a lot of nature or nurture versus nature type of situation. So um, you know, like I said, instill empathy uh, and just model model behavior. Kurt Kilberg says, Pearl Jam or Nirvana?
1: Ooh, tough pick, dude. So. Damn. I, I try to, I try to get all these questions live. I did see that one pop up on my notifications. Um, yellow Ledbetter better by Pearl jam is one of my absolute favorite songs ever. Even though I have fuck all idea what any of the lyrics are like, just the sound of that song.
2: It sounds like
1: it's just awesome. It's just a really beautiful song. Like as far as like, like, just musically um but i still go nirvana dude nirvana's got fucking bangers man yeah. sadly we know that a lot of like their creative energy was powered by all the pain and shit that kurt cobain had going on i mean of him, pain but, creates
0: the best music like yeah. let's let's be real pain and heartache um and struggle like the, the best music comes from that let's yeah go, let's be honest nirvana
1: is like i i think sublime is probably my favorite rock band ever and then it's probably like nirvana and like kings of leon for number two man um yeah, Nirvana fucking rocks. So I go Nirvana for Pearl Jam.
0: Alright, what about you, Marco? We know you're another uh, audiophile. But yeah.
2: uh, Um What do you th- say? Yeah, I never was a real huge Pearl Jam fan. I was more Nirvana, especially um definitely MTV unplugged. Um mm-hmm.
3: that's yes, like probably dude. like my favorite album
2: favorite album from them. Um it just uh you know it's it's kinda hard to talk about, you know, like like you said, it's kinda hard to talk about, you know. Kurt Cobain without like all the pain involved in the lyrics and the music and stuff like that, but just like the the man who sold the world that rendition, yeah. uh, that's probably like probably one one of if not my favorite Nirvana songs. Um, you just definitely go back and watch that or listen to it if if you, if you have the chance. It's just yeah, it's that dude's a that dude is a musical genius dude. Definitely yeah. definitely left too soon.
3: Jordan, do you have any
0: strong feelings on uh, Nirvana versus Pearl Jam? Yeah,
3: so I was always a Nirvana fan. Um, The pool we went to in our neighborhood, there was a bunch of... I mean, there were probably 18, 19-year-old kids that obviously worked there, and they always had Nirvana um, on the tunes. So, yeah, I grew up on Nirvana. The Nevermind album was always on when we were at the pool. So, um, yeah, I, I love Nirvana.
0: All right, John Swallow, host of Coming Down the Isle Podcast, says, What do you have to say about me potentially becoming the Chick Foley show fantasy football
1: champion? I set out this Damn. year. Marco, were you in the league? No, I'm not in the league. All right, so Jordan, you gotta you gotta take this one. Yeah, you gotta I mean,
3: it. I'm the only one with the chick fil show show uh, title belt sitting right next to me. So <laughs> until you actually win it, don't talk shit. I hope you lose. Go, Trey.
1: So, so I, you know, I was totally out on it this year. Last year, I was kind of like the assistant uh, uh, commissioner with Mr. Rivera, man. Did, I, are you guys doing a traveling belt or are you guys doing a new belt for this year?
3: So, we gave them the option if they wanted the belt, I'll order the belt for them. Or if they just want the money, they can have the money. So, um, nobody had, we were just going to wait till the end to decide what they wanted. So,
1: yeah, I was hoping you would have to like ship the belt to J Bone. (laughs) Like the buy in would cut, like, the buy-in would cover shipping plus a little cash, but yeah. he gets the belt
3: mailed no, to him. Dude. I'd take, oh I'd take a God. shit in that box if I had to mail it to him.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You pull a page with the uh, with the title belt. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Damn. All right. Johnny JB says, with the NFL season ending soon, what teams do you see facing each other in the Super Bowl?
1: I'll take it a step further. I think Kyle Shanahan finally gets it done. I think the 49ers defeat the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl this year. Damn.
0: All right.
3: Jordan? Um I've I've had the same pick since about week five. I'm still going uh I'll go Buffalo over Philadelphia in the Super Bowl.
2: All right, Marco. <sighs> I might go Philadelphia over Buffalo with a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's
0: that's Sheena, where I was going. Picks? I was going Philadelphia Buffalo. Sheena. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm not well, really much of a boo birds if, fan, but
1: if I could if I could fantasy book it though, I want to see the fu- the old motherfucker, dude, Tom Brady. I want to see him go one more time, dude. Like that would yeah. be my dream. That's <sighs> oh, Tom. assuming they get in, that's who I'm rooting for, man. I just want to I dude, I just feel like I feel like 15, 20 years from now, we're all gonna look back and be like, man, we were we were really fortunate to get to see Brady do his thing in his prime. Yeah.
3: Uh, here's my other thing. If if I could fantasy book how the Super Bowl would go I would go Buffalo versus Dallas, but Buffalo winning finally just to enact some nice revenge too, from dude. the nineties. Cool. But that would mean that the Cowboys made the Super Bowl, and I am not here for that. So yeah, fuck that idea. Is.
1: That would that would be nice though, man. To see the Bills just exercise all those demons. All
0: right, Rob Slight wants to know what's on everyone's New Year's Eve menus. We haven't really planned ours out yet.
1: We don't we know. Don't really, we never yeah. really go big for New Year's. We, New I mean, Year's? we're hanging,
0: we're hanging around here. So yeah, we're not really yeah, doing New much. New Year's but,
1: is really. I can't remember last time we made New Year's a big deal for us, man. That's
3: really <laughs> most times She doesn't,
1: really, doesn't really stay up past like 10.30, so I can't remember last time Sheena rang in the New Year, man. I think most of the time New Year is usually me up playing video games. Um, so no big menu for us, man. What about you guys? You guys got any big New Year's traditions?
3: Sushi, sushi and champagne every year. Love Ooh, it. Ooh, sushi.
1: That,
0: that sound sounds nice. a good idea. We Maybe might, we'll we might that. adopt that, dude. The, I like
1: the, that. You wouldn't think that Oakland, Tennessee, out here in the sticks of, of you know, western tennessee would have you know any good sushi but our kroger up the road actually has like some pretty damn good sushi man so maybe we'll just get some uh some some corbell and some sushi yeah we'll have yeah i like that how about you marco
2: um i mean on new year's eve that's my birthday so
0: oh that's um, right usually
2: um i mean i think we're i think we might be going to a new year's eve party or something like that um but yeah we usually if if we're at home we usually just do the uh just do, like, Chinese food or something like that um, if we're hanging in. That's our yeah, go-to it's never, thing.
0: Never a, bad, never a bad option to grab some Chinese. Brian Vermeer says, A weird question, but this was a literal question this week from my wife. When you die, what do you want done with your wrestling collection? Oh my it God. came up because my kids do not like that or sense. enjoy wrestling, and none of my family or friends love it either.
1: If the kids find some sort of enjoyment with them, I, they could keep them. But if not, I would encourage them to, to sell them or. I would I don't know I obviously you know you never want some sort of tragedy happen to where you don't have a chance to prepare if I had a chance to prepare I'd probably talk to my kids ahead of time mm-hmm. and if I knew they had no interest in keeping the collection going I'd probably um I'd probably go ahead and find somebody that would help them liquidate the collection upon my uh my passing to the great squared circle in the sky
0: I would, I would preemptively liquidate the collection. I, I'm. <laughs> a, I'm <laughs>
1: that's like something you really enjoy though. I mean, dude. if it's like, something
0: you really enjoy, but I also think like there's, I mean, it all depends for me. I want to go to the grave knowing that I'm not leaving a burden
1: for my children. It, well, to that's deal why with. you, that's why you go ahead and find somebody like, Hey, but still, I've already worked it out. You, this person's going to help you sell the collection. Plus, I mean, assuming we're staying in this area, I think music city toys has got a very viable business operation. You're like, you could just tell them, Hey, I've already arranged it. Take all these totes to Music City Collectibles. They're going to cut you a check, dude. Like-
0: yeah, I mean, I get, I get that too. But I've also, like, I, I spent years listening to, like, minimalist podcasts and stuff like that. And the number of people that called in that had to deal with, like, their family members or their, like, parents... Um, collections and boarding like, situations.
1: These are old newspapers, though. These are wrestling figures that are worth let money. Let me talk. About. Let me
0: talk. I'm just saying, it's still it's still a lot. I mean, think about all the things you have going on in your life. Like, if you have small kids, or if you have whatever, like, you it just doesn't want to be something that you want to deal with. Well, Everybody's going to deal with it the same, right? But I'm just saying, I would just want to go go ahead and have it taken care of, so it's not even something that they have to think about, dude. I
1: think pre arranging the sale and liquidation of it is taking care of it enough, dude. Like if you let them know like, Hey, this is the person to go to and they're going to cut you a check for these. Yeah, But then they have to come in here, pack it all up, figure out what is already in totes. Like, I mean, looking at my collection right now, like 97% of my collection is in totes. But not
0: everybody's like that. What if, what if you're fucking mining toys or if you're like, freaking? yeah, but he's, he's asking as a, as a general rule too. And I'm giving advice to the audience who may have, you know, fucking storage units full of shit you know what
1: I mean I I would just say dude I would encourage you don't start shedding your stuff before you freaking kick the bucket you know what I mean like dude every day every day is a freaking gift dude there's no point going into like some sort of half dead state before you actually pass away yeah don't don't sell your chief J you got a a massive collection yeah don't
3: sell your chief J strongbow before you kick the bucket
1: exactly Uh, yeah definitely yeah dude
3: I I don't know, man. I this is one of those things that I don't even like thinking about because I know me and Seth are going to be eighty years old, looking at wrestling figures, drinking in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. Like Elite I mean,
1: two seventy five.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, me and Seth are going to live forever, so there's no problem at all. Uh, no, but seriously, it it is kind of a it's a morbid thing to think about, but. I'm with Sheena on this one. I would sell it off before I would die. Thank like, you. Thank you. I, Ooh, I, thank I don't God. want to leave it here.
1: Thank you. <Is> anybody got <laughs> anything they got to say for you in the podcast? I, just, I
3: don't want to leave it on Zoe to have to deal with all this shit. Same thing with my shoes and stuff. Like, I mean, eventually I know I'm going to have to sell this stuff off. I'm not going to be a 65-year-old man playing with figures in my basement. So... Um, exactly. Why
0: not? And at some point, why not? Well, I think at some point in your life, like maybe you downsize your home. Like if, if it, you're an empty nester and you don't need freaking all of this space and all of this extra stuff, then, you know, why wouldn't you go ahead and downsize and simplify? And that way you can enjoy, you know, you can enjoy your life in a different way. I just think it's. Well, really- I mean,
1: yeah. And earlier this year, I mean, Jordan was jokingly brought up the Chiche but Earlier this year, we considered that. Like at one point on our home search, we thought. We were going to end up actually downsizing, right? Like look for something simpler, a little bit more economical. And ahead of that, that's why I would started downsizing. That's why I sold my right? <laughs> Elite G J Strongo, dude. So, you know, you appreciate the quietness. I just want
0: to just clear anything up in case anybody's wondering. I I never. Sheena had no part. I had in that. no that part in that. That was that was that yeah. was all
1: me. Yeah. I didn't anticipate that figure getting canceled because. I literally already had it in hand and there were a few of them. There were a couple dozen of those on Facebook marketplace <laughs> to go back and relive this trauma. Um, and I just figured, Hey, like if I'm going to sell like again, oh. I cannot stress enough. I know it's sky high in value right now because it got canceled. That figure is it's nothing dude. It's like a 5.0 on a scale of 10. It's a chief J strongbow figure, which means it's just a boring, obscure older character. Um, but yeah, I just, when we were downsized it was easy for me, I had zero heartache about selling that figure when I sold it. And, and that's why, like Tina said, we thought we were going to be downsized. And, and I already had my, remember I, at one point I had the collection pared down to like 40 figures. So I was like, these are ones I was going to keep.
0: I think, but right. But we're, we're mid thirties. Whereas like, I mean, I think if you're, 70, it's a little bit different situation. You're not like, mm, I don't know if this is gonna come back around. You know what I mean? Like I think um, What do you
1: mean something's gonna come back around? I
0: mean like, oh, is this gonna go up in value before I kick the bucket? You know, I mean what I, I don't mean? collect like, for
1: value anyways. I collect these just because for the love of the game.
0: I know, but if you were thinking about selling something and or downsizing, you're not really thinking about like, oh, well, you know, this is this is gonna go up in value, so I should hang on to it, right? Like you're at the
1: I just think if something brings you joy, don't get rid of it. Before you die, just for, at a convenience, right? Have a plan, obviously, because like Sheena mentioned, you don't want to have a burden for your loved ones once you do pass away. But, you know, with modern medicine, you never know how long you're going to live nowadays, dude. So,
3: so. uh, (laughs) All right, let's not go down that rabbit hole.
0: that i'll go ahead and make an exit folks (laughs) let me get out of here we'll get to the next the last
1: question
0: uh (laughs) tony barker says what are your thoughts on college bowl season do you watch games religiously casually or not at all
1: if they canceled every single bowl game aside from the college football playoff it would have zero effect on my life
3: yeah same you bite your tongue (laughs) <laughs> I watch almost every college bowl game. Like, dude, I'm a football addict, and I love college football. So I love
1: football, but yeah, yeah. the games just mean nothing to
2: me.
0: Yeah, Marco, college football aficionado?
2: No, not really. Not a big yeah, big big uh, fan of that.
1: All right. Well, thanks, uh, Tony Barker, for ending us on a freaking down note, dude. But we appreciate all the all the questions, guys. The college football has no place here,
3: dude. So shut uh, the fuck up. Yes, it does. Don't don't be lumping everybody into the same thing. No, it has a place. I am a. He doesn't Huskers agree to Seth, and it fan. doesn't
0: exist in his world. Yet. I am a
3: Huskers fan. It has a place. So Seth, shut your mouth. Great question, Tony. Yeah,
1: remind the listeners where they can find us on social media.
0: All right, before we get into trivia, you can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Find all of our Pod Foundation brethren links to all of our partners at chickfoley.com. And let's get into the... Trivia question of the week.
1: Not not just yet. Hey, remember, oh. we do have the uh, the private Facebook group. Uh, it's the absolute best wrestling community there is online. So it's only two bucks a month. Definitely encourage you. Again, ChickFoley.com. You guys can uh, get the link to join up that on the Patreon. And then we want to remind you guys, use code ChickFoley to save 10% at ringside collectibles. All right, and now for the moment, everybody's been listening for two hours waiting for with, uh, with bated breath. It's time for me to go to break my own record and go for the fifth straight trivia question. I'm about to sort of have to play in Goldberg's interest music when we get set up for this segment. All right. Sheena, Sheena pre-screen it, said that it's pretty obscure one this week. We'll see. Yeah,
0: it's obscure. It doesn't seem like it's like right. It's not one of those that I'm like, oh, I'm lobbing a softball to Seth, but I would not be surprised if I've been stressed
1: about this all day.
0: If he knows it, yeah. All right, guys. Oh, boy. In what city did the Texas Tornado win the Intercontinental title?
1: Fuck.
3: Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, boy.
1: Here I know the go. event. It was SummerSlam 90. Mm, no. And I believe that event took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
0: You son of a bitch. Yeah.
3: What?
1: Let's
0: go. Why let's you,
3: go. Why do you oh know that? God. God, you're a fucking loser.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: why am i a loser because i know where SummerSlam 90 took place at
3: from now on I- i'm gonna pick the trivia question from my house <laughs> Dude, that and- was a
1: two-parter dude it didn't even tell you what event it was you had to know what event he wanted at and the city dude so i'm gonna give myself the Barry horowitz pat on the back Dang. all right uh who- sheena remind me again who asked the question about pro jam versus nirvana
0: um one moment, one moment, one moment. Kurt Kilberg.
1: Okay, Kurt, thanks for that. Uh, I, I I got it spun up again. I talked about how Yellow Lead Better is one of the best songs ever, and, it, and it's a great outro song for a podcast. So that is what you guys are going to hear uh, as we fade away tonight. Uh, Sheena, give the listeners some closing thoughts as we wrap up 2022.
0: All right, guys. It's been an awesome year. Thank you so much for supporting the show, for supporting Chick Foley and all of our things and all of our partners for the year 2022. It's been a blast. Um, I hope 2023 is good to all of you. I hope that um, you set some goals this week, as we're kind of in this weird limbo uh, between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, let's let's go into 2023 and kick its freaking ass.